welcome to another white knuckle edition of WNK, the weekly AEW news kick, where we focus on the ins and outs of this week's AEW Dynamite. I am joined, by always, by my co-host Patrick. Guten Abend, Patrick. Guten Abend, wie geht es Ihnen? Abend, <laughs> oh, thank you very much for correcting <laughs> me. Um, and we are not joined by AEW's resident sound engineer tonight. He is unavailable, but never fear, we have a replacement from the Western Bias podcast is our good friend Hugh. You've probably heard us mention him a few times. Hey there, Hugh. Hey there, I'm here. How's it going? It's I mean, going we've been talking right. for like an hour. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had some uh, issues setting up the sound, but all it, good As always, I caused technical issues just by being present. It was great. You're terrible. Uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about your interest in wrestling, Hugh. When did it start? Um, when did you get into AEW, etc., etc.? Like, I guess, like, it started, I don't know, kind of late. I always, we had, like, family friends who had Sky when I was a kid. And, you know, when I was, like, really young. So they'd be, like, it's like 1993. So yeah. every now and then I'd catch, like, a Diesel, Shawn Michaels match and not know who those people were. Well, similar or, to me, I was kind of familiar with it from a young age. Yeah. Because I think on our first episode, I mentioned how there was someone at the football club my family used to go to that gave me, like, pogs, WWF pogs. Yeah, and so right. I was familiar with, like, Bret Hart and Yokozuna and stuff, but that's not yeah, what I started watching. the new generation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, um, I guess when I was, like, 11, there were, like, two things everyone was into was Pokemon and wrestling. Exactly, and I, I was into yeah, both, so, like, a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, so I'm kind of a child of the Attitude Era. Uh, Aren't we all, I think? I think then, we're all, we all. Yeah, yeah. But then, of course, that's like, I think that's the biggest wrestling's ever been, isn't it? The Attitude Era? For uh, both WCW huge. and yeah. WWE? Yeah, well, there were some people who still thought it was real then, which boggles my mind. Like, It's funny, because, like, it, literally both Eric Bischoff and Vincent Mann said on TV that it wasn't. But yeah. still, like... So it was similar, kind of... It's probably, like... Yeah. i tell you what it probably was. There was... Because, like, you had, in the 80s, kayfabe was still alive and well before, like, the curtain call. So you had all these adults from that were still left over from the 80s who still believed it was real in the late 90s. And all the entire new audience were kids in the late 90s. So even though the secret was out, do you know what I mean? You've got the kids that are gullible enough to believe it because they're kids. And, you know, all the adults that watched in the 80s... Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. watched it in the 80s, so... I, yeah, and I, 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 I went away, and then in about 2006, I was... I was no, it's even later, it was like 2007-8. I'd gotten so sick of it, and then I caught some TNA. And that's kind yeah. of the peak TNA period, like 2006-2008. Oh yeah. And that I was like, oh, the, this we, looks... we mentioned that before, Patrick said yeah. that before, 2006-2008 is peak TNA. Yeah, and, and I remember watching it being like, you know what this is, it looks like a fight. Like, it actually yeah. looks like yeah. a fight. And it looks I like felt... a fight and it was fun, like the pace of it. Yeah. It's, what, it's my big thing is pacing and wrestling, and I think... Yeah, exactly. Based on this dynamite, we'll talk about that tonight. Um, and then, uh, and then I kind of went away again for a while, and then I started watching Lucha Underground, and I, I love uh, Lucha, so that was. He was our Lucha Underground yeah. expert, RIP though, right? Yeah, yeah. And how do you feel about the fact that Jake Hager was the last Lucha Underground champion? Well, not good because I don't like him. Uh, to He's be honest, a good like wrestler though, isn't he? Yeah, it's when I say I don't like someone, it is mostly from a mark point of view. We've talked about this before. It's the lack of charisma. You can't fake charisma. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. he's, he's, and the same thing was really was with Alberto Del Rio, one of the best yeah. technical wrestlers. But then he, I actually quite liked him in Lucha Underground. Was he in Lucha he, Underground? El Patron? Yeah, not for, early, like mid-season one, he was a champ for a while. And he, he really struck a kind of convincing figure. But Lucha Underground, I think, 
sort of had that thing where they could make you believe a guy who you would hated for ages was great just yeah. through their booking style I, I really I really appreciate it I, I wish it had paid people properly and not been a horrible place to work you As know because it was so good I didn't watch it week in week out but I miss it I miss from one the ones I've seen um, I'd like to see you know because they really pioneered the cinematic style that we now see in like Wrestlemania matches and I mean along with Matt Hardy I suppose with his you know but the, the, yeah. the week it was kind of like a soap opera but it was good it was compelling it was great uh, it was very like influenced by like a Mexican style telenovela I think I think it was meant yeah, to exactly. invoke that spirit but I also think it genuinely was you know like one of the defenses of wrestling people say it's fake you kind of go yeah I mean so it's Game of Thrones like Literature Underground kind of said well we're just going to be a TV show that has seasons you know we're exactly. not going to run yeah. through the year yeah I think that was part of it and so you're an AEW fan as well indeed I am yeah Got a favorite I, that's, just, that's basically because I like things that aren't WWE and the yeah, most successful I mean, people who weren't WWE went we're going to make a company <laughs> don't we all yeah um, so yeah, yeah uh, Hugh also has a podcast it's not a wrestling related podcast um, just no give everyone, a, give everyone a 20 second brief of it and why they should listen to you uh, okay it's, it's the Western called. Bias podcast uh, it's me and my friend Mauricio Villavizar who we are foreigners in Iceland who do stand up comedy not right now, obviously, though we actually do have shows every month here, one show a month, which is still one. the most stand-up comedy happening in the world, I think, apart from in New Zealand, maybe. But yeah, me and him are just comedians, and uh, we figure stuff we want to say, write it on a piece of paper, we pull it out at random. It's honestly not really about much. There's some politics, there's some, like... I, I get a wrestling reference in every week, to be honest. <laughs> well, so even though it's not about wrestling, I bring up wrestling. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, there's a... Yeah, it, that, honestly, there's not much of a theme other than we both talk too much, so we just thought it would work, and it kind of does. I'm you know, but it's fun. I'm, I'm, we're both pretty funny, it. so, you know, it works. Yeah, you, you is pretty funny, I can confirm. Right, let's launch straight into Dynamite. We open the show with Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer. Uh, this had a big fight feel to it. I don't know what you thought about that, Patrick. Yeah, definitely, great. They had a real, real nice big fight feel into it uh, especially I like both of them are like more the heavier guys or Lance Archer more powerhouse guy yeah, and they're, they're like yeah and they have really hard hitting stats they're colliding there so this is what I was uh, really looking forward to I don't don't want to go to the to the end of the match but we will talk about this stuff I think a little no, later we'll talk about the beginning I mean Lance Archer got a big pop when he came out didn't he um uh, yeah, I, I cannot. I cannot say. Was there a big pop? Was Was there even an audience? I didn't see any audience. Was it just this Austin week. Gunn? Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, it might it probably. might have been a false big pop. And this, exactly, this fake yeah. audience, they also put in like the the, the soundtrack or so. They they just put in which. Oh, I, yeah, really I thought I heard pumping crowd noise. What's that, you? Austin Gunn is always a one-man pop, though, isn't he? Oh, I, I, I've, I've <laughs> taken a few issues with yeah. him this week, but we'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah, but he seems yeah. to love everything, which is good, <laughs> yeah. I guess. You know, he's he's been the spirit behind keeping the crowd feel alive but it's just this is the first week I've had something negative to say about Austin Gunn and I'll come to it later because it's not relevant right okay. now um, Lance yeah Lance looked super legit uh, there was yeah, I mean it like was very much thing. a brawl yeah and also like right. the, the only bad thing I can really say about it was the botch uh, with the um, with the what was it uh, choke slam that, that was botched outside of the ring and I don't did know look, if did it look yeah, botched to you? yeah it looked botched I, I, because he landed 
He, it wasn't real, real, a real uh, chalk slam. Like you could. Well, I think see that was just for safety, wasn't it? To end onto his hip to bounce off that. The, the yeah, he just hit body. the the. He just hit the side of the uh, of the apron, and I think he was supposed to okay. hit the whole apron. It didn't look completely safe that you had 100% control over him there. I mean, um, but it might. If it was a botch, it was one of those botches that ends up looking more gruesome. So you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, that's fine. It's and no one got legit. hurt. Not unlike uh, on WWE on on Raw on Monday. We don't want to talk too much about it. But if you want to we'll, see, we'll a real come botch, to that in less important shows because yeah. I don't know about that. So I'd like to hear about that. Okay, um, cool. Hugh, were you a fan of this match? Uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like it was far from my favorite match of the night, but it was, it had the right things. I I agree with Patrick, though. I do think that Chokeslam was a botch. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure, because like, I can't wrestle. Maybe it wasn't. You know, I don't really know. But it, I, I, I see. Yeah. It looked like a botch to me. But uh, I generally, generally thought they did a good kind of. I don't know. This thing of being like, well, Eddie Kingston's the smaller guy, but he knows how to like hurt your knee to make sure you can't catch him. They sold that pretty well. Uh, I, I, I'm always negative about things. Uh, I don't. I don't think it was a bad match. But I'm generally not. I don't care about Eddie Kingston and Lance Archer very much right now. Uh, I think I will because I have cared about both of them recently. But like right now, I'm just like uh, I don't know what this is. So but I, 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 I can't fault the match at all. You know, I'm definitely buying stock in Lance Archer right now. I like this tweener thing he's got going on. I like how he it was kind of a face move how he sent Jake the Snake to the back, which obviously backfired on him because uh, Butcher the, the blade. blade brought yeah brought him brought out Jake beat down. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it, it was, it was good. It was, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was good storytelling. Um, I mean, you say you're not a fan of Eddie Kingston. I don't know if you caught on one of our other shows, Sports Illustrated named him the number 10 wrestler of the year across all promotions. So, and I don't think it's down to his, you know, technical ability is the thing. Cause a lot of the stuff he does looks, I mean, he executes stuff fine. Like he'll He's hit an insecurity, but he won't get the height on it or he won't get, you know, he doesn't really have the athleticism. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he tells a good story and I think that's what it's about. I, I'm not a fan. I, I'm, yeah. I'm sort of unwilling to call anyone a bad wrestler just cause I can't wrestle. It's, it just feel like, well, okay. You know, Jason, who I've just added to our wrestling group who might come on this cause he's got stories. For he sure. basically he sort of says well I tried to be a wrestler and it's really hard so I feel bad saying I think this guy's bad and I don't think Eddie Kingston's bad I just it's just not quite for me it's just he's not quite doing something that is for me I think but that's fine because is not like a specialist promotion it's trying to be a big generalized promotion Generally, so I can't exactly it can't all be Lucha Underground <laughs> I would love it if it was but it can't you know um, Jack's probably with you there, so you're the perfect film for him. Um, the something from this match, which what Patrick said about punting crowd noise, it's all making sense now about how I don't think there was a crowd there, um, and I think this pretty much confirms it. Was the fact that there was a holy crap chant, not a holy shit chant, a holy crap chant. Like, when have you heard that? Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't know when it was, but I, but I, I heard also the holy crap, and I remember this uh, video from the crowd, but it was during COVID already. Uh, from from people in the crowd to record it when uh, Tony Khan came uh, comes out before the show and t talks to the audience quickly and he always says to them please don't say any words like fuck shit or so because we're on national television you can say that on a pay per view but not on TV because yeah. we're live so I think yeah it, it might have been started by uh, by Austin Gunn maybe it, I mean isn't everything. Um, then there was a point in the match where Lance Archer didn't go for the pin obviously foolish on his part in, in kayfabe 
but I mean that that's what I bought into about this match is that this wasn't about one of them winning it was just about hurting each other and that's that's how they should have booked it with these two guys I think because uh, you know that's them two all over um, Eddie Kingston cheated to get the win uh, I was surprised by this result honestly I thought Archer was going to go over um, there's, I think there's a couple yeah, of surprise results for me this time but yeah what did you guys say? I, I, I mean, I like it. I like it. And I like that it's not over. But we said that about Kingston Pack, didn't we? At the end of the match, we said this doesn't look over. And we haven't really heard anything about that since. And Pack seems to have moved on a little bit. So, you know, I think AEW does have a problem with putting full stops on their storylines. Uh, but, I mean, I hope this isn't over. And because uh, I, I, I like longer rivalries. And this one has, has the legs. Do you know what I mean? And maybe it could lead to a triple threat with Pack after, you know, Pack's done this little bit with Mox and whatnot. And now what do you guys think of the finish, the result, the potential for future feuding? I, I, I'm fine with it, but I, I like, again, I'm not sure it's just like you say, the AW thing of knowing when they, when they end and when they begin and what they mean is like, that seems to be going somewhere but is it, I don't know, I hope yeah. it is, you know. But yeah. I mean they could go a lot more violent than that, do you know what I mean? So something like this, inevitably they usually end in very violent confrontations so maybe at Revolution, you know. Yeah, and also let's see how the lumberjack match then next week. Uh, that's what they announced. Exactly, there's a lumberjack mm -hmm. match. So um, that's, that's could... some spoiler we can directly uh, pull out here because <laughs> you know now what what you also said uh, is that that we now know they will keep on telling this story at least for a bit. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the match next week. I can also tell that right now because there was way more potential in the match. I didn't like the finish. But I know in which direction it's going. So it, I'm just like, okay, good. That's just the storytelling wise why they're doing this finish. I don't like these finishes. And also you and me, we were always watching together. Uh, we also, like we noted, um, Tony Khan or whoever books the match or booked this match or whatever has a sweet spot for... Uh, breast knuckles or something or like yeah. the ring or so that happens like a lot uh in in this uh, uh false finishes so um yeah let's see if they have a clean finish yeah. next week oh for sure uh, there are there are quite a lot of those dirty finishes dusty finishes maybe that took us on to a promo from john moxley after this match where he kind of summed up the kind of confusion and I don't mean confusion in a bad way, um, but the confusion in the main storyline at the moment with all the crossing over rivalries with the Lucha Brothers pack, you know, Eddie Kingston, um, and obviously Young Bucks, Good Brothers, Kenny, etc. Um, he also mentioned how he likes to have sex in the morning, which I'm sure Renee Young or Renee Paquette, whatever she's called now, will appreciate that detail about their personal lives being put on national TV. Uh, good promo for you, Hugh. Are you a fan of John Moxley's promos? I am a fan of John Moxley's promos. Uh, yeah, I like him. I think I think he's always been good at them, really. Uh, I wasn't really watching WWE around the time of the Shield, but I understand most of that stuff was good as well. He was always the top. But, uh, yeah. yeah, he was the guy, and he had the face and the voice, and he's kind of scary, and I don't know. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was good. I, I do think there were a lot of times on AEW when they cut to a promo and it's not a bad promo, but I don't really care. Uh, like I, 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 and this is I'm not like, oh, it sucks, but I'm like, who cares? And with Moxley, it's never really like that. I had to find them kind of intense and believable. Oh, okay, good. No, I, 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 I quite liked how 
I think one of the criticisms Moxley does is he just gets is he just plays like generic crazy guy. Do you know what I mean? But this 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 one was quite coherent, and I like I feel like in recent weeks he's on the promos he's kind of been toning them down a little bit to make a bit more sense. Um, yeah, and yeah, and I also like, like that he you know like you said he sort of summed up everyone's confusion because he was just like exactly. Well, those guys don't like me, but now I'm working with them. But they used to hate me, but now they don't yeah. like me. But yeah, <laughs> like kind of selling himself as every man, isn't he? He's, he's he's he was always said that he was the champion for the people, and that you know Kenny screwed over the people by what he did with Callis and yeah, right, you know, yeah. by by providing he's kind like of a, he's kind yeah. of the ace. He's kind of the the Tanahashi. Yeah. He's not in any of the groups. He's just the guy who's tough and exactly. he's the champ. Even though he's not the champ, he's been well, the champ the longest. That kind of thing. Later on in the show, we'll talk about this later, but um, Adam Adam Page, they kind of made out like we have to be in a group. Do you know what I mean? They're like, he's a free agent in terms of groups. He's unaffiliated. And it's like, well, you know, it's it's kind of turning into like, I say, like a kind of New Japan system where everyone's in a group. And uh, Moxley, no one ever questions the fact that Moxley isn't a group because he's Moxley. Do you know what I mean? Like you say, he's like the people are his group. I think that was further enforced with this promo. Um, anything to add, Patrick? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just read um, that we might know now why uh, why Moxley is put into that triangle feud, let's say triangle feud. Of course, it makes sense with Kenny, the crossover, but would have been cooler if he had a championship rematch with Kenny or so. But uh, Penta seems to have uh, visa problems in the US. This is why he cannot come over. And this uh. also might clarify um, that there was a guy dressed as Penta who, who got beat up back you like two weeks it. ago you caught it yeah. you said on the podcast yeah, yeah you saw right. it with someone other than Penta mm-hmm. um, yeah. I'm, so that confirms it I think do you not think there might be a Mox Kenny rematch at Revolution yeah maybe they're stretching it now a little bit to then I was I was more thinking ah, oh, maybe on TV or not but then now it makes sense like this I think it's okay might be also a thing if there will be might be an interruption by the Good Brothers or Don Callis or anyone again that he might have backup from the Death Triangle at one point or so interesting to see how they how they will wrap the story now up or just make the storylines go over and yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to that it's interesting or thinking outside the box, Sammy Callahan. No, I'm. Uh, that's that's my call. That's my Sammy oh, Callahan right, would yeah. be legit if TNA. he comes in. Yeah. It would be yeah. really really good. Yeah, because I Mox losing clean again. Like, well, he didn't lose. He didn't lose clean before. Do you know what I mean? But I can't see him losing clean full stop, um, even on a rematch. So, and you know, I don't know if Kenny's going to do the cheat to win thing again and then go to that well again. So I could definitely see. Sammy Callahan being involved yeah, and I, I feel like that's just I mean he signed a new impact contract now Sammy he was um, he was on the you know in December I think it ran out but I think he's renewed so I mean they can use him so why not do you know what I mean and there's, they've got unfinished business I think they've had a little bit of threatening messages on Twitter but kind of not enough that it would give it away you know so but enough there that there's there's material to, to build on so yeah I'm, I'm it's got to happen at some point um and i'm i'm excited for it when it does we then had oh god we go from one good promo to i mean i don't know <laughs> uh, i don't know where to start with this sting and darby allen um in an abandoned warehouse uh saying taking it to the streets a lot and uh Okay, so right, I'm, I'm just going to launch into my opinions on this one because Sting says let's get on a first name basis, as if anyone doesn't know who Sting is. Do you know, what I mean? as if anyone's not on a first name basis with Sting in the wrestling industry. Like, he's also if, only yeah. got one name. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. He hasn't got a surname. Steve, Steve. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, it's Steve, not like, it's Steve. Not like yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't get a first name basis when you've only got one name. It's not a first name anymore. Very my name good point. is my full name is Stephen Sting. <laughs> you're, you're paying for yourself already here. Um, he also said when we're. I don't know if this was a slip. Like he botched this, but he said when we're married. Uh, uh, revolution. Yeah, he totally he did. Married he totally from, did. From, he did. Yeah, he did. And and um, then they started just breaking already broken windows in the shabby warehouse. Like Darby just smashed the window with a skateboard. Like, oh, you're hard. Yeah. You know? And then then Sting it tries to destroy like two or three. And then Hugh got a real good plan. Will you say it again? <laughs> What they do when they leave? Yeah, they leave and they leave the TNT title behind. So, uh, are, they, are, they, are they going or what? Well recorded. So. <laughs> and and, um, and the, 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 another thing, it just, like, everything about this was just bizarre and satirical and, like, Bizarro World promo. But, uh, Sting kept saying, I'm not a hoodlum, Darby's a hoodlum. He kept saying hoodlum over and over, and he said, I'm not a hoodlum, Darby's a hoodlum. And then... Uh, sorry, to, to be honest, as a, uh, a non-mother tongue English person, I didn't know what that was at the first time. I didn't understand what they were talking about, and then like I had to look gangster? it up. gangster? Yeah, I had to <laughs> oh, look it up. It's like then. a street gangster or like a football casual or something, isn't it? Something like, like that. a ruffian, but, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and then, and then Sting, like, just accepts he's a hoodlum partway through the... Through the the promo goes, oh, I am a hoodlum. <laughs> like that, it's like, you just said you weren't. It's like this whole promo is just it's bizarre. Is this whole, oh. I am good. Like, I don't know. I'm going to say with Sting, like, to be honest, he's not a bad promo. But you don't go, do you know what I remember about Sting? The promos. Yeah. <laughs> you remember like the physical presence, you know, all the theatrics. The you also remember like in the ring that people are scared of him even when they're bigger than him. So this idea that him and Darby have to talk to cameras. They don't. They could do other stuff. Well, like, it's good they're doing usual. stuff with yeah. Sting, but like they don't have to do a talk to camera. They could do all kinds of shit, and they're just doing this. Because Darby used to do those like promos where he didn't say anything, and he had that weird artistic cinema. I was stuff. just about to say that, yeah. Yeah, like, throwing Sting, himself can, bridges Sting stuff. fits perfectly into that. Yeah, they, know, yes, like, they, yeah. They exactly. Like, you, I think they're getting these complaints from people. We've mentioned, not just us, but people in the industry have mentioned things about Sting just coming out and doing nothing week after week. And people are saying, do something with Sting. And they're like, okay, we'll do something with Sting and put a mic in his hand and have him cut a promo. So that's not what we're saying. Like, these, it's not either or. These aren't the only two options. Like you say, he'd fit perfectly into Darby's vignettes. Do you know what I mean? Darby could film some of these things with Sting. Do you know, and it, it would be badass. Um, also, like, I guess, sorry, like, it's like they have sort of done stuff with Sting where it's like they're like, okay, he didn't say anything, so this time we make him say something. It's like, no, no, just next time the lights go out, don't play his music and have him appear in the ring and yep. hit someone with a bat or anything or just scare them off by being there. It's just they go, okay, first he's going to come in to that music and scare people. He does that twice, now he's going to talk. It's like, well, there are other things. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Sting has got a fairly good repertoire of just weird stuff he can do. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Anything to add to that, Patrick? Nothing to add. It's weird. It just doesn't fit into the whole general picture. Also, as you pointed it out, or you also said that Darby is way more capable of uh, capable of shooting these things in a nice, nicer way. Uh, yeah. And what they said was just a little cringy also, that the 61-year-old white man has to say that we're street gangsters. Yeah. We're hoodlums. No. no. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was just, just not great. Just like know. breaking windows. Like, what, what, what are you trying to prove? Who are you trying to be? Just, I, mean, I don't, I don't know. I sometimes going on. Think the sixty-eight generation is coming back, <laughs> right? But I, I sometimes think they would benefit AEW from doing the NJPW thing of, of the press conference. Yeah. You know, so it's not actually really a promo. It's like a press con. I don't know. Or well, at least trying it out. Khan press conferences. I mean, they're not kayfabe, but it would be. Yeah. You know, they can do I just, it. I just remember, like, uh, there's a lot of people who can't really talk in NJPW, but they do okay in that press conference environment. Well, yeah, because they just. You know. I mean, that that's perfect for people who can't do promos because they just. Right. Have to, it's like like a footballer, you know, with no charisma. You, you know, that you're there to hear them talk about. It's a sports presentation in New Japan. Do you know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, they don't need to have mic skills to just you just be yourself. Do you know what I mean? And then it comes across as authentic because you you know you're being as real as possible without it actually being real. You know, but yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's it. You know, because I've seen Zack Saber Junior do well on his own in those press conferences, and you know that's a guy. And I love Zack Saber Junior. That's a guy who they gave a second language mouthpiece to. Do you know how many flipped out over Boris Johnson's election and just kept slapping yeah. the chair into the floor? Yeah. I just remember one when he just he literally just picked up the beer after winning a title and went, "This is warm," <laughs> <laughs> and then he left. He's like, "Get me cold beer next time," and that was it. <laughs> so that brought us on to Chris Jericho and MGF versus the Varsity Blondes. Uh, let's come to Patrick first. Thoughts on this match? Very unspectacular match. Was more like a storyline driven match in the end what comes out uh, nice side note is that uh, Chris Jericho now does a perfect line salt after botching it last week <laughs> I think that's why he had it on the end you know yeah. what I mean like yeah, onto, yeah, after the already, Judas effect like yeah, the people the on commentary I don't think the people on commentary or JR specifically really picked up on that he's like oh, he's just showing off he doesn't you know after you know and just tried to sell it as him being arrogant it's like no there's a reason he's doing this <laughs> like yeah right right so that's yeah and also you could see afterwards with uh who got hit, I think... Uh, yeah, Griff Garrison got hit with from the Judas effect. Um, no, it wasn't. It, it was Brian Pillman. No, sorry. It was Brian Pillman Jr. He also posted, I think, he, uh, today or yesterday, he posted a picture of him. Like, he got really, really nice, well, nicely bruised in his face. So that was a legit one. Um, yeah. The match was fine, I guess. Like, I, I like that uh, um, the Varsity Blondes get a lot of dynamite screen time. They're really good. They got yeah, they're super good, really. Yeah, very good. That's, yeah, that's really good. I'm, I really like that. Um, and yeah, it, it had to be like th this ending, like the end of the match was. I have to say, for some kind of reason. But also, <clears throat> it's it's interesting to see what they now uh, are doing with M with MJF and 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 Sammy. That Sammy still like later on in the show. I think we'll come to that again because that's a little uh, backstage segment. But uh, it's interesting how they're building up the storyline, and that was what the whole match was about. We will come to that, yeah. Um, but just to remind people of the storyline-driven aspects of this match, as Patrick said, uh, MGF kind of ripped on Griff Garrison a little at the beginning of the match, then Griff boots him uh, at some point, and then Sammy starts cheering for the Varsity Blondes at ringside, um, which was nice touch. You don't see that a lot. Um, yeah, I think yeah, the sky's yeah, the limit for the Varsity Blondes, for sure. Um, they, i tell you what they remind me of. They remind me of, like... I don't want to say old school because I'm thinking like 90 style wrestlers who were kind of a jack of all trades kind of wrestlers. They didn't necessarily do in, like insane flippy shit. 
but they they high flew a little and they technical wrestled a little. People like um, yeah. Shawn Michaels, like too, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna say kind of like too cool. It sounds no, weird, no, but if you watch no. two cool matches, they did kind of standard wrestling, and then they had like, you know, a leg drop or something. They they kind of mixed Spe- it up. Yeah, a exactly. Bit. Like, Spe- specifically, um, Brian Christopher, I'd say. Uh, and yeah, he's, yeah. He, he was an underrated wrestler, man. R.I.P. He was. Um, I mean, because he got that oh, kind sure, of yeah. technical wrestling from wrestling with his dad, which he, you know, I think Jerry Lawler still shows up in those things. <laughs> I mean, um, he shouldn't. No, <laughs> but, he shouldn't. But he does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, what's it called? Memphis, Memphis wrestling. Yeah, um, but yeah, th- those kind of people who like those attitude era, those good wrestlers from the attitude era and the arse end of the new generation. Do you know what I mean? That did that kind of. I think Jungle Boy kind of fits into that as well. Do you know what I mean? He's not purely yeah, a technical yeah. wrestler. He's not purely a high flyer. He's just a, he does a little bit of high flying. Um, does so, a little bit. I would of say Pentagon does as well. I mean, he's more of a lucha star, but he. The difference between Pentagon and Phoenix is like Phoenix is mostly a high flyer. Yeah. Pentagon's kind of more mixed, I would say, for example. Well, Pentagon but is your favorite the, wrestler, isn't he? Yeah. Pentagon is my favorite, yeah. Well, we couldn't remember, Patrick couldn't remember his name one week. Yeah, I, I listen, I know. <laughs> it's coming. The backlash is coming. Um, it, it's yeah. fine, he changes it all the time. <laughs> to L Cero M. Yeah, um, I, I would agree okay match I've got 3.5 out of 5 down which I don't know if that's generous maybe it's a 3 but I, I I mean I only managed to write like two lines on it which says it all really um, as Patrick said uneventful then we had Pack promo On honestly this was again really good his promos they seemed to do a lot of work on in terms of cinematography because they had him showing up on like a TV screen in like this kind of dark room and stuff I, I honestly think if Americans could understand Pack they would put him up there with the greats at the moment in terms of uh, in terms of mic skills. Oh, this is a British sure, person, yeah. a British person who does understand his act. He's flawless on the mic, isn't it? I can't speak highly enough of his mic skills. Yeah, it's who is who is the Scouse guy in progress who came in in the Burberry oh, jacket? Uh, Zach Gibson. Yeah, like him and him and Pat are both people who've got this really strong accent but really good mic skills. That's the cruel irony of it, isn't it? I, I honestly, I can't think and and. You know, there's been bigger ones, and there's maybe MJF. Other than MJF, I can't really think of someone with better mic skills than Zach Gibson in the last decade. And yet, where is he now? And it's because he's a scouser, <laughs> because no one can understand is, is what the fuck he's saying. Is he with progress, or is he on NXT UK? I think he's or? NXT UK, but I don't oh, think they yeah. do anything with him. No, of course not. Scene! <laughs> like, he always did that. But yeah, thoughts on Pax promo? He, uh,. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of the content of it now. Other than it was really good, it was it was calling out. Um, it was a very British promo. That didn't be very British. I think he said Billy Big Bollocks at some point. <laughs> um, it was essentially further in that. It wasn't a very long one, but further in that story. Um, thoughts, Patrick? Yeah, I, I like that it well, uh, very very much. Um, the cinematography, as you said, was very good. <clears throat> I like the uh, you called it in English tube TV that he had there, and uh, yeah. I like I like this style because first thing I saw What's when tube I saw TV was, in German then if you said it in English Röhrenfernseher 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 Ridiculous It's the same a tube is a Röhre and Fernseher is TV television so Love it Yeah love it's it a, It's yeah, a majestic yeah, you language You sound quite good You sound quite good <laughs> Well it's, I mean we're, we're the same family of languages isn't it English and German Yeah, it's the yeah, same. You, yeah. English is ancestral language Germanic but yeah, uh, first thing I thought when I saw that, I was like, 
is he watching WWE on that tele TV? Is he showing that? Because first thing comes to mind when you see a ring, a tube TV, you're like, ah, back to the 90s, WCW or WWE. And uh, yeah, I like that style. Um, also what he was saying, although I don't understand it always 100%, <laughs> I have to admit, because yeah. of his accent. But I can definitely agree with you guys that he has like very strong promo skills and I mostly understand everything he says, but sometimes I just, acoustically also, I don't understand it. Like really, I don't hear the word he's saying, so but it's yeah. it's fine. That's just the way it is there's, with accents. There's a television personality called Cheryl Cole, who's from the exact same region. Well, yeah, same region as Pack. Newcastle, South Shields kind of area. Um, And she was on American X Factor for all of about two weeks before she got fired because the public couldn't understand her effort. (laughs) So at least Pac's Pac's got more to... He doesn't have to rely just on his mic skills, but, you know, it's a shame that more people don't appreciate them. But he has his wrestling, which he is very, very good at. Then we came into... We went from a very good promo to Shaq, Cody, furthering of this abomination um yeah Shaq kept saying you little punk over and over in his response <laughs> it's like falling back on very odd odd again it's just like this thing in derby stuff when when AEW does stuff bad they don't necessarily do it like car crash corny bad it's not corny that's WWE's problem it's weird you know WWE, when WWE do a bad segment, it's corny. When AEW do a bad segment, it's bizarre. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're two very different types of bad, and and this was more of that for me. Um, I mean, how many times do we have to hear Cody get cheered as well for impregnating his wife? Because right <laughs> again, yeah. Good boy, good boy. Yeah, yeah you did it. You're doing what everyone in a normal relationship is doing, as, except you know, you know, that's the other thing. How many times that pregnancy has been clapped now? And like, oh, it's yeah, hard. I just like, and I don't really care. Like, uh, it's, it's nice you're having a kid, but yeah, I don't care. Like, I don't know. And also, you know, we brought up this shack thing. I just fuck off with this shack thing. I think they're just. I think I they think have to. Weird. I think, I think why it's weird is they're just trying to sell the unsellable. Do you know what I mean? They're, yeah. they're trying to. They're trying to make this... They, they've got Shaq. They've got this name on board. He can't come to Dynamite every week, but they want to capitalize on his name. So now they've got yeah. all the storyline around it, and they're doing yeah. their best, but you just can't. Do you know what I mean? You can't make something out of nothing. He's not there providing... You know, they've got to give him a mouthpiece, and they've given him um, Jade Cargill, and now Red Velvet's got involved, and Cody Rhodes is looking super white in the storyline. <laughs> do you know what I yeah, mean? He's yeah. standing out like a sore thumb with his bleach blonde hair and his kind Since of last week I'm not allowed transparent to skin that, so I'll <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it's just Brandy Rose's racial identity you're not allowed to comment I, I on yeah, and she's not involved in the program right I now I said something so. to you about Red Velvet corresponding to uh Brandy Rhodes uh, racial profile so <laughs> I don't say <laughs> where's my buzzer <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> Patrick Patrick but, has a list of things he's not allowed to talk yeah. about <laughs> I just I just think though like I don't know like we had the weird Snoop Dogg thing uh, which was like a crossover thing, and it, and now they've got yeah, Shaq's still a thing, and I'm like, I not I I don't think anyone's tuning in because of Shaq. Maybe they are, but I really doubt yeah. it because he's barely shown up and it's been rubbish. And in wrestling, I mean, he's done stuff in wrestling before, but it's not like you go, you know, what I really loved that Shaq Big Show <laughs> match. That's not that's not. And I, I'm not really having a go at them for doing it, but it's like I I don't know what this is. Do people think the best thing about wrestling is when celebrities come in? Not many wrestling fans do. Maybe AEW's kind of at that point where it has to try and do a cross appeal like WWE used to do, but I don't... 
I don't know. I think it just looks bad. It looks cheesy. I don't know. Well, we think bad. this is probably the benefit of JR, we've said before, is that JR is not the announcer he used to be. Excalibur is by far the best announcer on that desk. Um, Tony Schiavone's decent. He hasn't, his skills haven't really slipped. JR's yeah, have. Yeah. But when people tune in who watch in the Attitude Era, like lapsed fans and hear JR, like that's his value. Do you know what I mean? And that's, that's why it's good having him open in the show as well. Um, yeah, that's that JR, true. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's how he kind of, you know, that's his worth to the show. And I suppose that's what they're doing with Shaq. And it's like, I'm okay with them doing it as long as they balance it with good wrestling. For the most part, they do. But just the, the amount of segments dedicated to it is like, oh, you know. Um, and, and I will say something in WWE's defense. If you're going to do it, that's how you do it. Put him in a match with another big man because he's a big guy. Do you know what I mean? Um, exactly. Rather than introducing, like pushing to this... They're, they've got this big star. They want to use this big star. They want to capitalize on him, and they're pushing people like Jade Cargill and Red Velvet up to this kind of main event level to try and sell this rivalry. And it doesn't really work, I don't think, because you know you're asking us to care about Red Velvet. You've hardly ever shown her on television, at least on Dynamite. Do you know what I mean? I don't think Dark really classes television because it's on on the internet. So yeah, just odd, odd all over. Um, anything to add to that, Patrick? No, not really. You all said it very well. Uh, the only thing that. I can say about this cross-promo thing, the only thing I would be interested and in, invested in would have been uh, the Mike Tyson versus Chris Jericho match. Because mostly off Chris Jericho, because Chris Jericho likes to take stiff punches, so there could have been real good good, uh, yeah, story with that. But uh, Again, no full that, stop on that. No full stop on that rivalry. Just left it open-ended, and that's yeah. uh, one of the downsides of AEW. Yeah, and I think a lot of people would have tuned in rather for Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson versus Chris Jericho Shaq. Yeah. than Shaq versus Cody, like who outside of the wrestling bubble, really no one knows really Cody except because Jericho is known outside of the wrestling bubble more. And uh, yeah, and Shaq is of course he's a big, big, big name in American sports in general. But I think Tyson is bigger. Real and bigger, that's so. and there's not even going to be a definitive answer between the Shaq and Cody rivalry. I mean, for one thing, why are they feuding? I don't. I really don't understand what's at the core of that rivalry. Um, but that yeah, aside, it's like, it's like Jay Cargill brought him up. That's why they're yeah. feuding. I yeah. guess. <laughs> Jay, Jay Cargill mentioned him while cutting a promo on Cody, and now Cody and Shaq hate each other. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, and there's not even going to be a definitive answer because this is why it's a tag match. This is why they didn't just make it a singles match when when Brandy was out of commission because of her pregnancy because Cody and Shaq, neither of them are going to eat the pin. Um, Jay Cargill's probably going to pin Red Velvet, to be honest with you. Do you know what I mean? I mean, might be the other way around. I don't really see it being the other way around because they're trying to push Jay Cargill to the moon. But, um, yeah. And then, and then that's a way to give Shaq the win without having Cody being pinned by a non-wrestler. Do you know what I mean? Um, is how I see it going down anyway. Uh, one good thing from this segment... Uh, which came from an unexpected source, which was JR, a, quote, a direct quote from JR, she said, bitch ass, that means she's serious. <laughs> when Jay Cargill Whoa. came out, I was like, I'm going to kick your bitch ass. And JR's like, she said, bitch ass, that means she's serious. Love that. Love that quote. I'll put that on a t-shirt. I, I'm pretty sure that also just means JR's like, I don't know what this is either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. JR, and, and, yeah. he does take the piss out of the product. Yeah, I like I remember... As well, not just that, like, I remember once he just clearly forgot he was still on mic. He used <laughs> so to do he watched... that every week. Yeah. He used to do that every week. It was hilarious, and I, I miss it. I just remember someone doing an entrance, and he went, he should be a heel. 
<laughs> I remember. I was, do you remember I was when like, you're um, speaking out of kayfabe, Jr. But you're still on mic. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you remember when they had a weigh-in and they brought out ring girls in these like little skimpy outfits? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and G- Jr. was still on mic. He was like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" Same with the. I think he was. He was. He knew that he was on mic when he said that. Uh, 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 is that a mal- mal- uh, wardrobe malfunction? Yeah, I hope yeah, he so. Knew he was up for that. <laughs> but, but that was also so inappropriate. But yeah, he's had his blue shoes. <laughs> that led us into Hangman Page versus Ryan Nemeth. You will know as the brother of Nick Nemeth, aka Dolph Ziggler. Uh, it was Ryan Nemeth's right. debut. I, I've got his name. Is right. that who he Ryan. is? Yeah, I did yeah. not know that. Oh, you didn't. Well, there you go. Um, I was like, oh, it's just one need. of those blokes that's going to get beaten up, basically. <laughs> Ryan Nemeth could be one of the Hollywood blondes if, if they need a trios partner, do you know what I mean? If they bring in a trios title, don't you think? it fit right in. Um, I think he showed up uh, Hangman a little bit in this match. Is You know, it wasn't... I didn't find it a particularly exciting match. I think I gave it a pretty low score. Um, but, yeah, uh, he was doing a lot of the kind of headstand thing and Hangman was just hitting a lot of clotheslines. And I figured... You know, it, it, end, it ended well for Hangman, but yeah, I think he kind of got out-wrestled a little bit. Um, thoughts on, on the match, Hugh? Who was the best person to come to who didn't know yeah. who Ryan Nemeth was before, before the match? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I thought the match was fine. I, it was. It seemed to not really be about the match that much, but they did do a decent thing. I, I don't... I'll be honest. I remember going, well, that's all right, and then it finished. I didn't really think much about it. So I wouldn't say it was a bad match, but that, like the, like you're saying, you thought uh, Nemeth came out better. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just literally can't remember it that well. So well, there wasn't. Yeah. To be honest, there wasn't. There wasn't. It wasn't really much of a wrestling match, to be honest. No, but, it's, it's um, one of the, the the AEW version of a squash match. That's not quite a squash match. Hmm. It's that kind of thing, I think. But it it was fine. You know, uh, I think it was more about Hangman doing some stuff on well the Hardy uh, stuff you know. was interesting we'll come to that in a bit but Patrick what did you make of the match itself same as you guys nothing special yeah. <clears throat> really um, I also have to say Ryan Nemeth was not that great in the ring I don't know I, 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 don't, was... well, I don't think he did too, I don't think he did a great deal and showcased no. his skills a great deal but I do think what he did he kind of like what I said with Hangman just going for clotheslines repeatedly he did with what little he did he did outshine Hangman and that's coming off the back of a year where we gave Hangman our wrestler of the year it's, yeah. it's not good optics for us <laughs> yeah. you know but no hang, <laughs> Hangman's true. good but it was kind of these glimpses of this old Hangman because I, remember, I don't know if it was circa about 2017 or something like that he had a he had a year where he won like the most improved award from everybody um because he was not great he was the weak link in the elite and the bullet club um he couldn't hang and then he got a lot better um and i remember it was around strong style evolved i think he had a match with jay white and jay white used to be the same he used to be you know very out of his depth um especially in a company with wrestling quality as high as new japan and then he had a match with Hangman, and I always made the joke where, well, Hangman's passed on that magic to him where, you know, he wasn't great and now he's great. But, you know, a little bit of glimpses of that old Hangman in this match. But, you know, it's just a squash match. He's not, you know, bringing out the big guns, so I don't think there's any cause for concern. I think, as Hugh said, the main thing is Matt Hardy coming out afterwards, which I found quite intriguing. I don't know about you. Yeah, the same. I, I was first like, yeah. where is this? Where's this heading now? Why is he out there now? So it gets interesting i like the approach what he later like i think we can talk about that directly because when when uh um 
also der Tony, Tony Schiavone. <lacht> das ist der running, running Joke, that I cannot pronounce his name properly. I always mix that up. But, uh, yeah, that he also then came out afterwards. What are you doing here, Matt? What's, what's going on here? So, I like the approach of it now. Like I said last week, and then I can, I can really uh, uh, adapt to that again. Or like, add, no, not adapt, add to that that now it seems they, they are building something bigger with Matt Hardy being this big big money Matt again, uh, building his stable, uh, having the heels with him, or building the heels with him, uh, trying to get Hangman in, like with this kind of way he tries to do it now, swerve him in, tell him, ah, you can just come into my locker. It's I see you're, you're just dressing yourself up in, in the hallway. What's going on? Just come with me. You're a good guy. I saw everyone let you fall down. I'm just gonna protect you. It's it's interesting, definitely, but I think on the other hand also it's a quite quick turn of events after he put down uh, after he refused the uh, refused to join the, the dark exactly order. Very much. Yeah, so. and then next week directly next offer from a group, and as you guys also said before, uh, it's it's a lot with groups or so, and when you're not in a group, you have to be a special character to be on your own like Moxley, and then I don't know if if they want to put much emphasis on this or like what kind of emphasis they want to put on Hangman uh, himself uh, that they want to push him into a group or maybe they're doing it now with several groups trying to see like oh he doesn't fit in anywhere he's just a lonesome cowboy or so they get a new gimmick whatever so it's interesting to see where this will develop to you know I don't like Matt Hardy as the manager of Private Party I love the idea of Matt Hardy as the manager of Hangman. This kind of big money southern guy managing a guy with a cowboy gimmick. It's so 80s. I love that. Do you know what I mean? It's so like old school. Um, like Jeff, did Jeff Jarrett manage like a tag team or something at some point? I oh, know it was Jim Cornette and uh, Midnight Midnight Express, were they called? Or I, I'm showing my yeah, yeah, um, Midnight Express ignorance here. Midnight yeah. yeah. Um, or uh, the one, the one that Bradshaw was in before the APA as well. Um, that that wasn't that one, was it? No. Oh, um, but yeah, no, that's, you know that's what I mean. Very far away. <laughs> that was yeah, but that was another thing. It might as well have been called the two cowboys. Him and Bart Gunn. You know the smoking guns. Smoking guns. Yeah. Was it? Um, yeah, stuff like that. I mean, obviously he's a singles wrestler, but it was it, it adds on to what I was saying the other week. I'd like to see him as this kind of like oil prospect, uh, Matt Hardy, like you know this southern billionaire kind of thing. Um, um, he's got the house for it, do you know what I mean? He's got that hardy compound. He could really kind of sell himself as, you know, I don't know. It's just, it, I, I like it. I, I, I really like it. Um, thoughts on this whole, where this seems to be going, Q? Uh, I mean, I'm not sure. <laughs> like, I, I, I've, I've been fine with, like, the Mahadi private party thing. It, it does feel like a strange out-of-nowhere thing, but, like, I, I've been okay with it, but... uh. I kind of get this idea. Hey, I'm Matt, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be your cowboy. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna be your cowboy. Your, your, I'm gonna like be your going down here. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna be like the prospector character. I'm gonna be your yeah, whatever. But I, I'm also a bit like, uh it feels like they have a plan for like a hangman, and I'm just I'm 
every time it happens, I'm just trying to guess what it is instead of just watching, I think. I just need to stop doing that, I think, a little bit and just let it happen. Yeah. Because, like, clearly they like Hangman, you know, and I, we all like Hangman, he's great. But, like, I keep saying, going, are they, what, are they making him champ? What are they doing? What are they doing with Hangman? I just do a lot of that when he's around. Good job uh, you're not putting yourself in a position where you'll overanalyze it, like, coming on a podcast to dissect it. Yeah, right? <laughs> I have noticed though, like uh, with Big Money Matt, it's been great how they've gradually made him look more legitimately rich over time. So he starts off, he's like, hey, yeah, I'm the money guy behind Private Party, and uh, here I am in a vest. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't on board with it at first. I could yeah. get on board with it. They go in a nice direction with it. Like, like I mean, Matt, Matt you know. can sell a lot of this stuff even when it's bad to be, to his credit. Yeah. Uh, but I, I hope it'll be good because it's got good people involved. So we'll see. Good legs. But, on uh, it. There's a lot of. I, I don't I, I don't want to be too down on the product but there is a lot of kind of I don't know uh identity crisis with certain of the certain of the talent like I think. well like Hangman but I, I also think it's part of Hangman's thing is I think that yeah there. I think that's part of Hangman's storyline like, but I do get what you like, mean about I like that whole build up with the Dark Order I'm like that's probably paying off I, it's again I just overanalyze it so I'm just like what's gonna happen I just don't get it but uh, yeah, you know the people yeah. involved are all good so it'll probably be decent you know <laughs> like is my main takeaway. <laughs> then that took us to Dax Harwood versus Jungle Boy. Um, I yeah, this opened with a promo, and you always know it's a big fight feel when they give a promo as uh, people coming out like a video package. Um, favorite quote from that was Dax Harwood saying, "My family are going to be shackled to a dinosaur." <laughs> Like I love, I just love how even the serious people like just refer to him as a dinosaur. Like they really question it. Like okay, fair enough. I mean, it's it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, the match itself, Patrick, thoughts? Great, just great. Uh, Jungle Boy was able to show off why he is uh, he's a really fu- the real future of the company, or one of big futures of the company. Yeah, I, I don't really want to go into detail too much. I just just in general, really, to say that the pace was very good. Even though uh, Jungle Boy is a little taller than Dex Harwood, um, he's of course as not as uh, muscular or massive as he is. But um, yeah, that's that's a huge advantage on one end of Dex, but also on on Cash that they are selling also very very good and very uh, uh, believable, even to guys who are like a little more skinny or or smaller than them or so. This makes. Jungle Boy in this case look even way better way better than he is already and yeah that goes a really big point to Dex Howard for building that and um, yeah the match finish I have to say was a little weird with the that he was tapping out um, I like that actually but it was weird I didn't see a, a tap out coming there um, yeah well they're trying to sell this as a new submission which again I don't <laughs> They say he's done it before. I don't remember it, but... Um, yeah, probably on Dark. Probably, probably on Dark. Yeah. I think, yeah. Again, that's one of their biggest problems is assuming everyone watches everything. You know, yeah. they assume everyone yeah. watches Dark and they assume everyone watches BTE. Uh, it's just not the case. But yeah. I have some thoughts about this match. I'll come to Hugh first, though. thought it was really good. Uh, it felt like quite a fast submission at the end, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, he just well, got well, him in he it didn't and have then... the hold on long enough. Yeah, like it felt like he just got him in it, and then he was he was tapping out pretty quickly, which it's, like, it's like a li- it's just a little though. thing, but it's like they're trying to say, look, it's it hurts, I guess. But I, I yeah. was just a bit like, and I, I also think they're just trying to put Jungle Boy over as a single they star, really which is good. Jungle Boy over, aren't they? I think and Dax like, is doing his I love Jungle Boy. Fast out. 
Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, and, uh, and I think, you know, I really like Jungle Boy, so I'm glad of that, but I did feel like it wasn't a lot of tension on is he going to tap or what. It was, uh, he held out a bit, tap, you know. <laughs> There's a very short time for, for Luchasaurus to keep Tully and, uh, and the other one. Dash, Cash, that's the one. He was Dash. called Dash. Dashing packs. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, that it was. But I thought the match. I couldn't really fault it. I couldn't think of anything bad with it really, other than that. You know. Yeah. I'm going to continue this edition of both of my co-hosts enjoying it, and then me shitting all up. No, I'm not going to shit all over it. Um, I'm going to. Okay. So this is the when I complain about these matches, I always seem to give them high ratings though. Like I gave this a four out of five. Um, so <laughs> it, you know. So uh, you watched it more. <laughs> so, well, so I, you had more things to pick out of it I always attention. take notes every week but um, I'm the host here, that's what i got to do <laughs> um, that, that's not first... what I mean I mean, it means if it's a good match maybe you're paying more attention to it so you go oh that was a great match oh, oh I see what you, you mean know, yeah. like... but uh, maybe I'm hypercritical no, well no, no, no because it, to me it was only a great match for the final third for the first two I thought it was forgettable um, a lot of rest holds and I just I don't know, I have to disagree that it was a fast pace. I think for the first two two thirds of the match, it wasn't a fast pace. It really picked up enough to make give me make me give it a four out of five in the in the final third. Uh, and I was very impressed. So I'll give you the positives. I was very impressed. One with uh, Dax's stamina because this wasn't a this wasn't a short match. Um, you know, based on the rest of the card, his his uh, he was still, you know, he picking Jungle Boy up really smooth lines he was kind of he was he hit a really nice power bomb where he kind of came clean off clean off the ground um all the suplexes he's hitting he, i mean he's a technical wrestler that's what he does but just the stamina not to show any weakness he wasn't faltering and they were doing all these kind of pin reversals where they're kind of you know rolling all around the ring and dax specifically looked very good um and very clean and very lots of energy still towards the end of the match and jungle boy for me his strength was in his selling took a very nasty looking like DDT or something like that at some point or he was just yeah he, he he's he's got that down he's he's got a lot of strengths I mean we can't say enough good things about Jungle Boy I suppose other than the fact that for me the bulk of the excitement happened in just the final third of the match my complaints are largely outside of the match you know out of the control of the wrestlers and this is where my complaint about um <laughs> about Oh, who's the gun? Austin Gunn comes in. Uh, I I love the idea of people singing this song in the when the music's playing and he's coming out like they do with Shinsuke Nakamura, like they do with Bobby Roode, uh, like they do with Chris Jericho. Um, I I don't like the idea of repeatedly doing it. He did this so much. He started a oh, 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 oh chant about a dozen times. I was counting. It was about twelve times throughout the match, and it's like this is going to get really old really quick. Like, and it's it's not an easy uh, sound to do because it's oh, 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 like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of notes there, like note changes, yeah. and and I I also think sorry I'll just jump in there. No, I no, think no, this sure. this will be with a crowd way better. Like just instead of like twenty people ringside who are doing this. Um, when you have a real crowd and this can like evolve within the crowd or so you guys know it you're British you know that from from other uh, like like yeah. bigger wrestling events or from from uh, from from football or so like football you know dance. 
yeah right so th this this will evolve more with the crowd and I, I can see it also the same way I see it the same that it was a little uh, overdone by Austin Gunn so. so overdone it was he did it too much I was like I, I'm really looking forward to this don't kill it Austin you know I mean I know he's excitable could have pumped the brakes a little bit here and I do think I'd rather it be like Chris Jericho's and be something they do during the intro and when he wins because um, I think too much of a good thing do you know what I mean it kind of takes away from the impact of him getting a massive out of nowhere win and someone on commentary like imagine him winning the world title or something and JR and this is when they give JR his moment because it's JR's voice do you know what I mean the, by god he's done it the childhood dream kind of thing and then the crowd singing along with that and it's like I don't want to take away from that eventual moment by you overdoing this do you know what I mean during matches um but yeah, I mean, it does just go to show how important a, a theme song is because it's good stuff, do you know what I mean? I will also say, Dax the Axe, they were driving this home a lot, that he's called Dax the Axe. They kept saying it. They said it like seven or eight times on yeah. commentary. Yeah, they, he has it on, a, on, his, on his jacket, a D and then an X behind it. They, never, they haven't yeah, mentioned like, this much before. Yeah, but he's just Dax, no. isn't he? Is he Dax the Axe? I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe they just just got it from there. But I I noticed that like a few months ago that but he has a D and then an X behind it. Yeah, that is a symbol. I remember that. But well, do you, do you guys know Dax the Axe already is a wrestler, like a fairly famous indie wrestler. He's, oh he's really? A, yeah, MLW. He's been on MLW. He's had like five or six matches on MLW. Okay. Well, um, okay. So he's probably got something to say about it. <laughs> like so another another season desist from the from the indie scene then against them or <laughs> I don't. Well, I mean I don't think. You know, this no, is the no thing. I don't. Do that. They shouldn't punch down. Do you know what I mean? It's no. the other way around. Because like before, it only, was only, sorry, only the internet marks will will punish them. Not a real judge. <laughs> I just, it's, it's, I like, I just think that sounds stupid as well. I don't. Know. It does sound stupid. Yeah. But, um, like if he was called like Hatchet Dax Harwood or something, I'd be fine. That's boss. That's badass. Yeah. <laughs> but like Dax the Axe is like, what is this? Is this a character from Reboot in the nineties or something? Hit like, him up on Twitter. Hatchet yeah. Dax Harwood, I fucking love that. Not we don't bad, even need to right? change his jacket. Tweet him. I don't have Twitter. Just say, hey, call yourself Hatchet Dax. <laughs> that's, that's boss. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. I don't think it really worked that way around. I mean, before it was the whole thing with the too sweet. It's WWE, a bigger company, telling people from New Japan. It's not much smaller, but a smaller company. Um. You know, they're still a big player. They're still a major league, but a smaller company. They're telling them to stop doing this. Do you know what I mean? It didn't, um, didn't well, like uh, the ones who were only at NJPW. They kept doing it with no problem, right? <laughs> yeah. It was like well, it's it was a different country. Like that would be yeah. more trouble than it's worth for WWE. You know, to, yeah. to pursue. Legal. I think. I think. Uh, Tama Tonga. It's not doing suck doing it, it. I think. Uh, yeah, like T Tamatonga kept doing it with his brother and with like Kenny, but it was like the Bucks just would never do it again or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but yeah. It was nice though, after the match, there was a Jungle Boy was actually a surprise win for me as well. I thought maybe Dax Harwood might have that because he's the, the I don't know, I don't know how you'd word it. The more He's got the more kind of, seems to have the more value, if that makes sense, more than Jungle Boy, but obviously they're now it's very clear now they're making a big push for Jungle Boy um, yeah. but this is one of the ones you would have expected to go to Dax Harwood I would have th thought but then in hindsight his, with the guys chained up like you know it, it kind of does make sense but I thought maybe they'd pull something screwy like they actually did after the match um, and and help Dax win so it's, it is a big win for Jungle Boy I said it's kind of a night of unexpected wins because I didn't expect in our first match I didn't expect Eddie Kingston to win I didn't expect Jungle Boy to win um, and it was also nice to see 
Tully Blanchard getting physically involved after the match, like with the spike pile driver. I quite, I, you know, I love that. Um, he did better than Snoop Dogg. Next up, we had a promo from Team Taz. I have to say this was a step up from Darby Allen and Sting. Um, I don't know if it was much of a step up, but it was a step up nonetheless. They uh, attacked the merch guys. Um, uh, it was pretty much the 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 gist of of this skit. It, was, it looked pretty brutal with how they threw him into the. They kind of right. horn darted him into the into the truck. Yeah. I, I genuinely said to Patrick, I think, when this was on, I was like, like, literally, we've got to the point where Team Taz's thing is that they're upset that no one likes them for being dicks. Like so, so then well, they're just it's fu- dicks it's, to people. It's, it's great. funny you <laughs> like, say it's funny you say that because I wrote down very chav like in the way they attack these guys, approach them and attack them. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah, it, it was so. It was. I mean, I don't know. It was like, Patrick's oh, what's your problem? Facing. I haven't got a problem. Yeah. Oh, so I'm a liar. I'm a dickhead. Yeah, you know? what you're looking at. They're, yeah, exactly. Their kind of their kind of approach and assault on these guys was very much how a chav would do it but without a knifing do you know what i mean um with their mum's kind of kitchen knife it's yeah i, I kind of liked it i'm not gonna lie i kind of like this segment uh what, what your thoughts were patrick first thing i thought when they came on and everything i heard just jack's voice no not them again so <laughs> that's the first thing i thought but in the end i'm also gonna go with you i really liked that because uh, the setup was quite stupid somewhere in the middle of nowhere this this merchandise table as if somebody yeah. would come in COVID now <laughs> during and... <laughs> COVID, go out to the truck behind daily's place like in a <laughs> right. dark parking lot yo you got <laughs> any of them sting it. shirts yeah right now that you're say- saying it like this and there, there were only darby Allen and, and Sting shirts on that merchandise table, so yeah. it was a little too obvious. Yeah, but I, I, like, I liked and, and that it was so hard hitting. Like indie wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I liked it was so hard hitting. They were like uh, throwing them really hard against the uh, the truck and through the table. That was that was legit. That was that was really nice. And um, yeah, something more than just staying there, like four of them and running away. If somebody comes out to music after everything went dark, so something else is what I like they- now. They seem more legit as this whole thing of like Darby Allen Sting saying like let's take it to the streets to the streets and they just look so uncool and white when they do it. Do you know what I mean? But the, when uh, Taz terminology from two thousand and five is gay, but unfortunately <laughs> that's homophobic now. But yes, you know, I'll say that now. We know what it means. In we need to buzz for you now. Um, no, with Team Taz, it was. Uh, they they very much felt more legitimate. Like, yeah, these guys might assault somebody on the street. Do you know what I mean? Like, it they felt more kind of street. Do you know what I mean? It, it felt legit. It felt like I said, it felt chav like, which is about as close to you know the British streets as you get. But <laughs> for sure, I I will say though, like with Team Taz, ah, oh, for a long time I've been like, I don't really get this. That yeah. did kind of I went okay, now I get it. They're just dicks. Yeah, and that's fine. Um, you know, that's I, cool. I've likened them before to like a boxer's walkout crew when they come out and some of them are in suits and some of them are in hoodies and stuff. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. kind of what it feels like to me. Just these kind and of like kind of boys guys who go, hey, you don't know where we're from. We're from the streets. So you go, all right, all right, I'm going to... Guys know. who <laughs> self-describe as alpha males. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's yeah. kind of their gimmick, you know? <laughs> they listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, but they don't really. They just listen to the adverts for different types of supplements and then yeah. turn it off, you know? <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe Rogan is their surrogate fuck. Well, no, I suppose Taz as their surrogate father and with Hook is his actual father yeah actually <laughs> they don't they don't even listen to the Joe Rogan po- podcast they listen to the human podcast machine and yeah the they just need they do. just need Taz he's their he's their father figure they were all desperately missing during childhood <laughs> wait 
I reckon Taz probably does have his own supplement. I'm sure he <laughs> like does. Br- Brooklyn protein or something like that. <laughs> this led into Dr. Britt Baker DMD versus Shanna. Very nice to see Shanna back on Dynamite. Uh, I haven't seen her in a while, I don't think. Um, Patrick, thoughts on this match? It was also yeah, it was very good to see her uh, to see her again. Uh, I like her wrestling. Um, she's she's from Portugal, right? She's the one which was. She's from Portugal, then by way of France, and now she's wrestling at the yeah, stage. They always, the they yeah, they always they her from France, okay. but she is okay. Portuguese. Good, but she's from Portugal. Yeah, she now has uh, like no connection to France now, so they should probably stop doing that. They 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 build her from France this time, but she's from Portugal. She now lives in the states. Before she lived in France, and she was fighting out of France. But um, okay. maybe, maybe it's temporary with COVID. But I think she's moved over there now. Um, similar to okay. how Garishi. So I remember she was from Portugal. But anyway, like she has a really nice uh, fighting style, like that. Um, in yeah, general, she great. I, yeah, and nice, and, and, nice sequences. Yeah, nice sequences. The the pace was good. Uh, in general, I didn't like the finish of the match or like the the, the build up around the match because it was just showcase match for Britt Baker or so I would say because uh, Thunder Rosa comes out afterwards just to make a save just to build that up there was no real thing behind it it was nothing spectacular just nice to see uh, Shana again but uh, I think you can add something to it because he's the uh, language specialist uh, we <laughs> talked about also during the match about the uh, about the gear because she has clearly this uh this Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z, this is what we were talking about, gear. But yeah, uh, yeah you can tell you about it. Uh, well, I can't really. I just I, I spent a while trying to work out what the kanji was, and it's just Go, as in Goku. So it's not the turtle, and it's not the god which he used to have. But that means that is the one from Chopsticks. <laughs> it's right. Kwai from Kwaidza. But yeah, like I, I thought that match was good though. Really decent match. Really decent like, match. I thought. I like. You know, me and me and Patrick always go and pee when the women's matches are on, but it was a good match. They've been really quality. It's this so far this year, I mean it's not saying much, there's been four episodes of Dynamite, but so far this year the quality of women's match has really stepped up. I yeah, think maybe yeah. it's kind of their New Year's resolution was like, Okay, come on guys, this is shit. Like let's you yeah. know, New Year, and, and New Division. That, that was the first time in a long time that that I did go pee during a women's match or oh, the first time some good stuff. this year no no yeah, I was just, was just like, like 10 two minutes to be fair he didn't go yeah. for a long time <laughs> no no I was, I was just like 10-20 seconds or so gone but I, I did that or like when we started watching Dynamite I did that after a while because I think we talked about that before the problem they had is it was always the second match and the second match was always a random women's match and it wasn't out of disrespect yeah. I did go but there was no storyline or so in it if I missed something yeah. in it, I missed a nice move maybe but I don't didn't miss any storyline in it and there was like like, yeah, okay. So usually also I go pee when there's a match with a less importance to storyline or so. And I, I do, it's usually the women's matches that's the problem with it. I do also think to a certain extent that like the fact that the NWA ones have been better has made them kind of go, all right, let's just try and do stuff. like I don't know. Because Take On E's match with, uh, who was it? With the uh, one of the NWA ladies. Serena like, well, Yeah, that's the one. It was so good. Won our match and of the it, night award. Yeah, and it was such a good match. And like, you know, all the women in AW can do matches like that pretty much. It's just, it doesn't always come out that way. I don't know. I think they've just tried to put a, like a bit more kick into it because of, because they've had really good women's matches that weren't AEW women's matches and they've maybe gone, maybe else should at least try and be as good as the guest promotion match, you know? <laughs> like Yeah. Only match uh, so far this year or so far in the podcast that wasn't the main event that we've named match of the night. So it has that um, going for it. No, um, 
I thought this was the best paced match so far of the night. Um, obviously, one outpaced it by a country mile later on, but this was a really, really well paced match, like Patrick said. I had some really nice sequences in. Really like this. Um, I think you can look at Britt Baker and Shanna, um, maybe not, maybe to a lesser extent Shanna, because Britt, Britt's obviously the star, and she actually did some nice wrestling in this. Like I know that was her kind of you know, weak spot, she was a bit sports entertainment-y, but she actually did, Shanna did a sequence, and then later on Britt did a nice sequence as well. Um, you know, you can look at Britt Baker and Shanna, uh, Layla Hirsch, uh, the NWA girls, uh, Serena Deeb, I think Thunder Rosa's pretty much a, a staple of AEW now, Serena Deeb, Thunder Rosa, uh, Tay Conti, Anna Jay, and say, we're kind of building a women's division here, do you know what I mean? Yeah, right. That we can, you know, rather than having Hikaru Shida versus, or some a Joshi wrestler versus Nyla Rose for the umpteenth time. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. That didn't really... I, I love all those Joshi work. wrestlers and stuff, but they just... They're either... They're either Shida and they stick around, or you see them twice a year. But, like, yeah, like, a lot of those Joshi wrestlers, I love them, but they're, they're basically stardom wrestlers who show up at AEW. I don't know. Well, a lot of them and, got stuck in Japan because of COVID. One yeah, of yeah. Yeah. And it's fair enough, but, like, uh... It's definitely been an improvement. Uh, and, you know, you, I love Layla Hirsch. I think she's fantastic. Like, just people I, like that coming in are just great, you know. I love Layla Hirsch. I just push it to the moon. Um, and just imagine Taya Valkyrie now also maybe coming in, having a big star with a lot of experience also coming on top yeah, of these yeah. mostly young and unex so. more unexperienced TV uh, uh, women there would be real real good asset for the for the women's division and now like you also guys said now now they need to go for it build the storylines there's a super good women's division now yeah um yeah i'm really build curious to see that. yeah if she also uh, i'm gonna tell it later no we're gonna come to that later so yeah well Ty valkyrie is there's not often that non-wwe stars show up on uh, real stars real stars show up on them there's not a lot of them that you could say non free agents that haven't worked for WWE uh, Ty Valkyrie hasn't worked for WWE has she at any point um, not as far as I know but maybe no um, oh someone's pulling it up thank you Patrick um, but yeah I mean if she has it wasn't in the memorable role you know um, kind of like Lance Archer I don't really Lance Archer wrestled for WWE I don't really classify him as a WWE guy I classify him as a New Japan guy but it's, it's not yeah, often I mean, that yeah it's not Matt Jackson people... was on one episode of Smackdown but he's not a WWE yeah, guy a chocolate, exactly um, it it's not often that these big stars who haven't wrestled for WWE come up. Um, Jeff Cobb's still out there. Um, I think Jeff Cobb will probably end up in WWE at some point, to be honest. Uh, I think he said once that his, his kid wants it, yeah. so he'd take a job there. Uh, well, that, might Samoa, that might have been Samoa Joe, actually. Yeah, I might be mixing up my stocky islanders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not even, Jeff uh, Cobb's not even Samoan, right? He's from Guam. But yeah. That's why I said islanders. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I know, I know, um, I know. But like, I, he is kind of a Vince Wet dream though, Jeff Cobb, I think. Yeah. You know. Jeff Cobb, uh, Jeff Cobb's one of them. He's, you know, he's floating about doing this thing. Uh, Ty Valkyrie's another. I could probably count him on one hand, to be honest. The guys that would be legit stars coming into AEW, like, already built stars that haven't wrestled for WWE. Um, she has for uh, two months. Yeah, she was signed I, October 2011 for a de developmental contract, and then like right. end of 2011, she already returned to the indie scene in Canada. So there yeah, was I a would basically get a very short Omega. Thing. I mean, <laughs> if I, I wouldn't count uh, if I wouldn't count Lance Archer. I definitely wouldn't count Ty Valkyrie as a WWE girl. Do you know what I mean? So, um, 
but yeah, I, I, yeah, I love this match. I, I, arguably my match of the night. So I know, you know, there was the final third of the Jungle Boy match, which probably put these on a par for me. Um, whereas, because that, you know, the end of that match was better, for sure. But um, yeah, I just like the consistency in this match. I thought it was a well-paced match. Even during the break, they had the thing with Reba doing uh, Shanna's makeup. As um as Brit pushed her face into the post, that was brilliant. Uh, just lots of content was never boring. Um, is that is that a running joke now, or is is Tony Schiavone literally just keep forgetting it because he keeps calling a rebel? He called a rebel like three times during the match, and Excalibur corrected him. But is that just like a thing? Is no, I that thought I thought it was the way around. I thought now her t- thing said Rebel, not Reba. No, no, it says Reba. Oh, it it says around. Reba. I made sure to write it. No, uh, I think it's, it's a running gag, I think, now. Yeah, <laughs> I think like, we, as, as viewers mix it up, I think that's that's some running gag in I, there that she's like, I call okay, her Rebel. Cool, let's play with it. I don't know. It's I like, I've, got, I've got her on Instagram. She it. calls herself Rebel. Like She's been Rebel most of her career. I guess she is Reba in AEW and everything, yeah. but like, I call her Rebel, too. So, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, Brit, Obviously finished it with the what did she call that? Like the mandible claw she uses the the lockjaw lockjaw. That's it. Um, I can't wait to see her confront Abaddon. Abaddon. I said that like a surname, like Marsha Abaddon. No, Abaddon. Um, I can't wait to see her have a match with her, and then like whether she's like hesitant about putting her hand in her mouth or something. I think they could do a really cool spot with. You know what I mean? And maybe that loses the match or something. But you know when she got like the blood yeah. pouring out on the messed up mouth and stuff like that, it would be. Uh, they could do some. I'd, I'd love to see a program with like them. She uses tweezers like, instead or something. Yeah, like, I don't particularly rate Ab- tweezers. <laughs> I don't particularly massively rate Abaddon's in work in ring work, and I think she has to find herself a little bit. I think she some of the spots she was doing was a bit derivative of other monsters, you know, monster wrestlers. But um, yeah, I love her look. She won our gimmick of the year, and uh, yeah, I'd love to see a program between her and someone with the kind of star power of Britt Baker it would be a lot of fun oh I oh just talk about the end of the match quickly I really popped when Thunder Rosa came out she feels like a star for sure um, yeah again, same, it's another same. thing of I love Thunder Rosa. coming up yeah the music again helps like with Jungle Boy music's, music means a lot I think in wrestling like it's like she's arrived you know what I mean that takes us on to there was a MJF and Sammy Guevara promo uh, he just plays a dickhead so well doesn't he MJF like he does. He does that thing where, like, he's you know, he was trying to be. It's so convincing. Like, if you've ever talked to someone who's like pretending to be on your side, and then you call them out, and then they make out like you're, they gaslight you and make out like you're being paranoid. It's it's spot on. It's like he's not even acting uh, when he did that with Sammy, and uh, Sammy called him out on like his bullshit, and then MJF got like really dark and serious and intimidating and said, "Sure, you want to sure this is how you want to play it." Um, thoughts on this segment, Patrick, and you know, obviously the direction the storyline seems to be going. Yeah, I think I said it before. I just don't remember. But this this build up, yeah, this is what I what I said after the uh, the tag team match. This this build up is really interesting. Maybe they're bringing it to a revolution match between both of them. Um, might be interesting to see, but uh, yeah, it's it's so well played by MJF. Uh, you could you could like j- just from his facial expression, from his acting, you could see that he was lying to him uh, and telling him like, uh, "Are you trying to make me look bad now? Are, are you looking through me? Are you seeing the plan that I'm I'm following up?" And uh, I also like Sammy. Um, he's seen as as the as the young guy in the group, which he obviously is. But like, yeah, he's the young guy. He's just a little you know a little too much energy. He is 
interpreting too much into maybe things or so he doesn't see it like we we are the experienced guys we don't see it like that but he is on the same level as mjf also age wise and uh yeah you can see that he's like ah dude i know what you're doing i know you i know you i know how we're working like this generation is working or so so yeah it's yeah. interesting to see where this will end up um uh, hopefully in a match but we'll see it's 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 a good way they're going now what were your thoughts on the segment here and again the oh. kind of general direction of the storyline i think it's i think it's good i think it's the right thing to do with putting you're gonna put uh you're gonna put mjf in the uh in a circle obviously it's not gonna be smooth or whatever no there has to be that's the, that's the point really you've got to have someone uh, leave eventually be the first one as well don't you so exactly yeah yeah uh i sort of sometimes think maybe this is them trying to make sammy into a face oh for sure a little bit because uh, you got the MJF. Well, I mean, the Inner Circle still have this weird thing where they're they're not quite like the Dark Order, where they're basically faces who pretend to be heels. They are definitely heels, but yeah. they're pretty loved. <laughs> like, or at least sure. their their entrance is a huge deal to the people watching. But I've noticed, even when they had crowds, people would AEW fans. If you remember them, full fans, they were uh, they were very they were slash R very good at cheering the faces and booing the heels um, and one thing I always noticed yeah they don't they, hijack yeah, yeah they'd sing along with Judas and then they'd boo the inner circle do you know what I mean and then they'd cheer Chris Jericho's opponent um, and that's something I loved um, yeah for sure yeah yeah. I, uh, I so do I, think uh, MJF talking if you put MJF and Sammy together like Sammy's not a bad talker but MJF does kind of make everyone else look like a bad talker apart from like yeah apart from someone like Jericho like or the the guys who've been doing it for years. So Sabi's doing fine, and MJF kind of just has this unnatural talent for it. Like, But that's kind of unfair, really, because MJF sort of, you know, he's pretty uniquely talented in this area for his age. So Fucking get Zach Gibson in there with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or, or the bastard. <laughs> I'd, I'd, love, I'd love a face-off between him and either of them just because of... I. I just imagine MGF selling, not understanding what they're they're saying, and it's hilarious. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> like, just I mean, for example, like when Sammy kind of like snapped on MJF, then MGF kind of went quiet and was like, "Oh, I see. That's what you want to do." It was a lot more believable the way MGF did it. Sinister. Like, yeah, and Sammy kind of had this thing. I was like, "Oh, I'm coming in tough," and it, and it, you know, it was sort of. It didn't. It just doesn't. You put one guy next to the other, and it's just MJF's really good at that stuff. He's not as good at flips, so you know, it's it's just That's people your have different strengths. Judging good wrestlers, you and Jack both. Yeah, yeah, but like <laughs> he is, you know, they're both good wrestlers. But like, definitely MJF is just better than most people at that kind of stuff at the character work. I think, which is you know probably why they hired him. Yeah, but he can't do a corkscrew 450. Full shame. <laughs> Yeah, uh, then we had previews for next week's matches. Uh, we'll come to that later, as we always do at the end of the show. But one thing I do want to call on quick is they advertised, obviously, the returning Riho. Riho's coming back to AEW, and Riho's in a match with Serena Deeb. But one thing I want to pick up on is I really feel like they need to clarify this tournament they've got coming on, the women's, the women's tournament, because they said, and I quote, on the US side of the bracket... And then they said that, and then they said it is a match between Serena Deeb and Riho. Um, what what does that mean? Like, is Riho on the on the US side of the bracket, or do they just mean like in the yeah. first round there'll Which be? Or are some of the or, matches happening in Japan? 
but the Maybe. way or the something way. I, I don't know yeah. because like Rio is now currently in Japan and hasn't been in the US I think for a while or maybe uh, what they are doing like there's always an American against or like a US based wrestler against a, J a Japanese based wrestler against each other but then the graphics would be misleading so I don't know what this is yeah, the graphics make out like there's there's everyone on one side will be American, and and the commentary backs it up, saying the U.S. side of the bracket, which suggests that Riho is in the U.S. side of the bracket, despite it being apparently a U.S. versus Japan, which they haven't even really acknowledged, other than saying the U.S. side of the bracket that it's a U.S. versus Japan thing, and like Hugh just said, are some of the matches taking place in Japan? And like you'd, you'd think if there was a cross, because they've got very friendly relations with Stardom, because they let Riho, Yuka Sakazaki, maybe Emma Sakura. I'm not sure who, I think we're all contracted AEW wrestlers, they let them wrestle in stardom to keep jobs during while well, they were stuck in Japan during COVID. And um, Priestley as well, they let B. Priestley go mostly for the thing that they want her to go rather to stardom than to AEW because she cannot get into the country but can easier get to Japan, so they just let her go, which was a nice move to be honest. Well, yeah, some clarification definitely needed um, with this. What's going on with this tournament? Yeah, sure. I have no idea as well. Like, I, I was honestly, I, I was like, all right, they're sort of just having matches between Americans and Japanese, which is what we thought. But are they? What's going on? I don't know. And then why is Riho on quote unquote the the America the US side of the bracket? It's very odd. Then we went on to the main event: Good Brothers and the Young Bucks versus the Dark Order. It started with a promo. Uh, led into the Young Bucks entrance. Um, it's nice to have the Bullet Club back together, these parts of the Bullet Club. Also, notice they are saying Bullet Club now, whereas before they were, they just kept saying the band's back together and avoiding saying Bullet Club. And I don't know whether they've now got permission, but that is something very interesting that they can now very confidently say Bullet Club. It's not just the talent as well. I think people on commentary are saying it. So it's, it's that's interesting. And it does leave me very hopeful for some crossover stuff with New Japan in the future. But I'm just waiting for Jay White to show up, man. I'm just waiting for Jay White to show up. Oh, oh I'll yeah, lose I mean, it. I, I, like, I would love them to be able to cross over with NJPW now. Like, mm. I don't know. That's the I, I, That's I, I love NJPW, so like, them being able to work there again is great as far as I'm concerned. You know? <laughs> and now it would also make sense for NJPW to be on Dynamite because they will have a new TV deal in the US now and in the yeah. UK and just showing up there and saying okay we'll be back on I don't know Access TV or whatever very small channel but we'll be back so just to let everyone know where they are showcase a little talent and then you know then just go for it I mean the, Tony Khan's vision is AAA NJPW uh, Impact AEW as many promotions as possible all crossing over that's his vision so even if he is the party that will get less out of it he's going to do it because he, he's just a mark and we love him for it do you know what I mean um, but NJPW it would be such a smart business move for them to you know uh, to to well swallow their pride would be one thing to, to come on AEW um, because like they got they got big-ish through word of mouth before, do you know what I mean, with the, the Bullet Club uh, and people saying, oh, we've seen this Bullet Club and people would see these Bullet Club shirts showing up on Raw and SmackDown and say, what's the Bullet Club? And it was this really kind of, the Bullet Club were the reason NJPW got big in the States, uh, the Kenny Omega iteration of the Bullet Club. But, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe the arse end of AJ Styles as well, um, the reason it kind of got big in the States. But um, 
Yeah, now they don't have the benefit of the bullet. Well, they do. Obviously, they've still got the bullet club. It's an NGPW faction. They don't have the benefit of the elite, should I say? Um, and it, you know, they immediately get access to eight hundred thousand people on, in one night. Do you know what I mean? If they if they come on, you know, and uh, AW, and I think a lot of AW viewers, the ones who haven't seen New Japan are very aware of New Japan. I mean, they get it mentioned to them all the time. They get Kota Ibushi's win mentioned to them. They get um, Hiromu Tanahashi congratulated Jericho on 25 years or whatever it's been, 30 years. Um, so, yeah, uh, it would be very smart on their part to kickstart it with an appearance on the kind of second biggest promotion in, well, the country, in the world, or whatever, um, for sure. Thoughts on the match itself? Let's go to... I come to Patrick first a lot. Let's go to you, Hugh. Thank you very much. What an honor. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, thanks. Well, well. Um, yeah, um, um, I mean, first... I was coming to you first, but yeah, go for it, Patrick. No, no, no honestly, Patrick, go first. I've literally forgotten which match we're talking about. <laughs> I, was thinking about I was thinking about the NJPW thing so much. I was like, wait, which no, match? No, no, we're talking about the Bucks and the Good Brothers versus the Dark Order. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> that's the one that makes the most sense because it's literally the last match, and that's what. We're yeah, doing. right. But, but, yeah. but just, just, just taking the bridge, building the bridge from NJPW to this match, which is easy because it's an eight-man tag match, which is typical for NJPW, and uh, yeah, they held a bit before going into the match. I'd like also to add uh, before we're not not sure what they're doing with this uh, thing if if the bucks are allowed to too sweet or so. So I read this week also they uh, filed a trademark. AW for for the expression too sweet. I don't know if they can put Ooh, a trademark. That's, that's Billy Big Bollocks, as Pack would say. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it, they can put a trademark on the hand sign itself. I think there must be a trademark on that. I, I really don't They've know. They put the hand sign on the shirt, so if they don't have a trademark yet, like okay, it's then just, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like you really, but uh, yeah, we'll see that. That's that's really nice. <laughs> you just made it in the camp. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, it, it was nice storytelling. So starting with the promo, um, definitely feeling some heat with, between the Bucks and uh, the Good Brothers. What happened last week and this good that? Stuff. Yeah, that was real good stuff. Like starting with that, then Kenny coming in and Don Callis, and then no, no, we have to go out now. Yeah, your music is hitting. Just go out, go out. So this was unfinished business in there. Um, they harmonized very good as a team. In between. Well, like during the match, there was there was fine. It was completely good. Um, I also liked the Dark Order, like especially I have to say it again, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. The moves from them, this just it doesn't matter who they're who they're against. If they're against the big guys, the the small guys, and then coming to this point, John Silver standing in front of. Um, Doc Gallows and just looking up on him just really like one and a half head shoulder not just one yeah. and one and a half you called him out small. as well he said I, yeah. want, I want I want him you know yeah that, that was that was so cool it was it was great so yeah John John Silver or that's the thing also talking about crowds before like John Silver would be so over with the crowds now I'm I'm really curious oh, to God see what me. will happen when when the big crowds are back and John Silver if he can keep his momentum up up until then I hope so um what will happen then uh yeah fine match it was like i said before typical njpw eight-man tag match uh, it was quite quick uh, at some points like a real high pace yeah. in some moves and also um, it felt actually it felt more ring of honor bucks than new japan bucks to me i mean obviously yeah. with it being an eight-man tag match it was quite new yeah. japan but they wrestled the style they used to in in ring of honor where they just, yeah. just go out and just do the pace was insane you know what i mean yeah. it didn't they didn't do that as much in New Japan, but because uh, obviously a lot of the time they were tagging with people with slower pace, like Bad Luck Farley and stuff like that, you know. But um, yeah, yeah, 
That's yeah, that, that completely it. That's that's also what I see there. This the Ring I of Honor box. Fat fuck Farley. <laughs> uh, tune into Western Bias for uh, more hot, you know. Yeah. Like this. I don't like call him that to his face because he'd batter me. But <laughs> he would definitely like all of us in one slap. Uh, but yeah, I, I like that match a lot. It was just it was just a fun match. That's what I can say about it. It was just fun. There were a lot of moves. It was the the, the pacing was high. Uh, the Dark Order was doing good. I also liked um, uh, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. They were also good in the match. They were Stu Grayson, I I. Um, I'm offended. He was the 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 last one you mentioned of the four. He yeah. was incredible. <laughs> he was match. really good. Yeah, yeah, he, he was. He was so great. Good. He was great. Really. Um, yeah. And I have to say, I'm just reading now the Meltzer driver in the end. I just cannot re- remember the ending to be honest of the match. L- like I said, it was just a fun match. It was fast. Remember Stu Grayson hitting eight. a sour face buster that was fucking insane. Like yeah, that that yeah. Wow. He, he that had a, really a segment where he was like flipping all over the place, and then he was up on the ropes and he did a frog splash, and it's like this. This dude, I mean, I, I know I put I put Evil Uno and then Stu Grayson as my most improved for the year, but I think I got the uh, got the order wrong because uh, the Dark Order, if you will, because um, Stu, Gray- Stu Grayson blew me away, man, and and Alex Reynolds as well. John, John Silver has definitely stood out as the guy in that tag team thus far, but Alex Reynolds really kind of stepped it up for me this week. Not that he wasn't good before. I mean, they're, they're ta- as you say, their tag moves. And the way they tagged with Hangman as well, the the way they can add in a third person, which we saw them do with Hangman and we saw them do tonight, um, how well they gel with others. Uh, yeah, great stuff. But Alex Reynolds as an individual performance, I saw more from him tonight and just fantastic, just fantastic stuff from the Dark Order. Yeah, um, we'll I, I really I really liked the match as well. I thought it was great. Like, I don't know, no one just, no one was felt like dead weight. No one felt like they weren't doing much. Everyone had a good stuff like uh the dark order did like a really good kind of show of what they are and how they work which was cool i just felt like they also sold this kind of weird tension between the books and the good brothers really well in, like in the ring like there's this kind of thing where they're like oh no we're on the same side we actually think the same way but also what's going on i thought that was great uh one thing i really remember from this match uh which i mentioned to patrick at the time someone bounced off the ropes and uh he pulled out. He pulled out the legs of, uh, I think it was John Silver, and Jr. said he should be ejected. Yeah. <laughs> and I just said, to, I just said to Patrick, and he's not said, their manager. He's part of that team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's not if, managing if he gets a ejected, They all get disqualified. <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, then, I was like, and then Luna did it, and he went, yeah. and he went, oh yeah, yeah, Evoluna did it to, um, I think to Matt, Matt, or maybe it was to uh, Doc. I can't remember. I can't remember who was in the ring. I just remember that, and I was like, and I was like. Does JR think it's two three-man teams with two managers when it's a four-on-four <laughs> yeah. match? Like, but, but like, you know, he, he, he realized quickly his mistake, I think, and adapted. But it was just, yeah, it was a good match. Like, um, there's a lot, there's just, you know, there's a lot of talent in that ring. It's quite weird to have, like, the Young Bucks be the old guard in a match, though. Yeah. That's kind of what it was, was it was like a young team of, like, up-and-comers taking on sort of older people. I want to come back to something you said, a really good point, where you said there's no dead weight, which is, it sums it up, really, there was no dead weight in this match. Um, and I think why that is so so obviously true was that it was just, the pace was so high, um, it was just organised chaos, do you know what I mean, in this match, but no one missed their spot, everyone was on their mark all the time, um, there was, nothing seemed janky or botched, and... And, and one thing I really liked was that 
they tried to go for that triple power bomb on the apron and then it didn't work and then they went for it again later on and executed it you don't see that enough like you don't see people right. failing moves enough and then later in the match like actually hitting it especially like big spots like that um so as a fan of that as i say just just no weak link as you say no dead weight um for sure my match of the night i give it a four point yeah five. like there's just so much talent in the ring and it's just great like I say, Great. it was like it was like a, it was four young guys taking on. I mean, they're not really old guys, but four more experienced guys. It just was good. Most of it was good. Uh, there was one point of contention between me and Patrick, though, which maybe you can settle, Tom. Yep. Which is, I think the TNA tag title belts look like shit, and Patrick likes them. <laughs> I, I like well, them. They look cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where the TNA title title tag titles are. Probably, <laughs> probably on. Uh, probably on. Um, who was? Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles Wolves. I'm trying to think of who was the most uh, the most decorated tag team with those titles. No, uh, oh, right. well, the, the, impact the, the impact titles. I just think they look shite. <laughs> like I, I just like hate them. them for some reason. I like them. I do though. I do love that they just you know they just kind of walk around wearing them. They don't do any. I mean, when well, they entered, they pretended it was their dick. Gallows, Gallows, that, just, it was his dick. Yeah. Yeah, but like generally speaking, they just show up with them around their waist, so you remember who they are. That's cool. How, they do. They treat them well. I love how Carl Anderson put his hands under, like he was supporting Gallo's yeah. dick, you know, as he swung it. Nice four-way super kick to finish off the match, uh, and yeah, it was it was good stuff. I, I I was a big fan of just the whole match. Uh, Matt Jackson got on the mic after the match, suggested that they if they win the tag battle royale at Beach Bash. Got that right? Uh, beach Brawl, Beach Bash. Um, I think it's Bash, yeah. Bash. They could. Beach uh, Break. They could beach Break. <laughs> it's neither. <laughs> Not a very beach wisely break. chosen name. What? So. That's just that's just what well, a holiday's called. <laughs> yeah. They might as well call it Weekend Getaway. <laughs> but yeah. They um they suggested because if they win the match, they get to. I just first things first. I love that the champions being included in the match it reminds me of the champion being included in the G1 um, at New Japan I love that because uh, then it's really an elite match or an elite competition do you know what I mean um, and yeah it's like I would kind of wish they'd do that with the Royal Rumble and I think they did once maybe have the champion as part of it I can't remember uh, well I think they had it for the title and that might have been why the champion was part of it but they yeah they suggested that well Matt suggested that they could face the good brothers that they might be the ones they pick I'm not sure whether that will come to fruition I feel like that might be a little tease that will happen further down the line um, and there'll be some kind of spanner in the works before revolution and that about you guys I'm not sure but I do think that's what they're aiming for or at least that's oh eventually for sure it, yeah. I mean they, they're not going to not do that are they but I'm, I'm like, I'm wondering if there's going to be, I don't know what the nature of the impact uh, relationship, but obviously people can go to both shows. I'm wondering if they are just going to say, hey, whatever, the Young Bucks are going to Nashville for three months to be uh, impact champions. That I think is cool in a way, but I don't know if that's what they're going to do. Or, and the Good Brothers are going to come in for us and like, I'll be fine with it. I love the Good Brothers. So like, I'm not sure what the actual deal is, you know course covid's always a, a thing when traveling between states as well um yeah but yeah yeah, true. yeah. yeah. so, so uh, well, the idea i had i also spoke we spoke with you about it yesterday then um what if the uh if the good brothers are losing the titles to a private party and then the good brothers are winning titles from uh from the bucks so that we have like this this mixed up 
yeah. situation. That would be just, interesting if, if they are doing it. I don't believe they will do it, but it would be very interesting if this would happen that you have like um, champions from the opposing uh, from the opposing shows or promotions having them, and then an invasion angle or bigger invasion angle happening or so. That would be nice if they would be teasing it like this, like slowly building up. That would be a really interesting approach. It's very promising, and it's also interesting to think if Taya Valkyrie does sign with AEW, they've written her off TV on Impact by having her go to jail. <laughs> so I don't know how that's going to pan out. <laughs> with with if she just shows back up in another company, how are they going to sell that? Don't know. Interested to see. Um, to be honest, that Ray- does bring me on to a slight tangent I was bringing up earlier, where we talked about <laughs> how they assume everyone watches Dark. Yeah, I think maybe Dark should be its own universe. Oh, like, point. Like, it, like well, like, like ET was, and then they tried branching yeah. it over and like, yeah, it's not work. Yeah, exactly. Like, like NXT the, like the, was do you always the Dark Order its own universe, pretty much, until quite recently, NXT was its own thing, and that's fine. Yeah. Like, and then they went, oh, this NXT wrestler went over there, and people, no one really worried about whatever canon. No one was that bothered. So I don't know. It feels yeah. like maybe treating Dark as a separate show would work. Like, but that's just what I would do, and I don't run a company, so maybe I'm wrong. But. Well, it was like the Dark Order were two complete until recently they were two completely different teams on BTE and two completely different gimmicks on BTE and uh, and the main show they were a serious heel team on the main show so um, and they did the right thing by bringing that over from Dark for sure but like do you know what I mean like you said they can do shows where it's its own universe and Dark should be its own universe so then Ray Phoenix came down and interrupted and I can't remember exactly who he was beaten down because he came in and there was, you know, a big melee, but he was attacking somebody and he's being held up in the move. And it's some great camera work that when he came down, it kind of revealed John Moxley behind him. who had also come down to the ring uh, to kind of even the score a bit. And then Kenny Omega appears behind John Moxley. I love that he didn't get the jump on him, that John Moxley, you know, it's kind of like a... It's kind of like cowboys in, a, in who draws first kind of thing, and like sometimes sometimes you get it and sometimes you don't with the reflex. With the even though Kenny had the jump, I love that it's not always just like someone attacking from behind. It kind of gets stale. I love that sometimes the person in the ring will actually yeah. react in time, you know, because that never used to happen. Also, this is just like a minor thing, but because they did John Moxley outside to camera, I assumed he recorded that on like Sunday. Yeah, and he wasn't there. And then he appears to save Ray Phoenix wearing the same Great gear stu- from yeah. that. Just that little, just that little bit. It's like um, Al Snow always says that he considers kayfabe to be the finish that you put on the edge of the product to keep it yeah. shiny. And Great. that little thing of me, but just assuming he wasn't there, and it's like, no, he showed up in the same gear. Maybe they did do that on Sunday, but like he's like, I'm gonna wear the same shit, so they think, oh fuck. You thought I wasn't around, but I'm here. <laughs> you know, That's and a I'm, great take. But if you know Mox, you know that he wears the same shit like every day for a week or two. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's true. Really yeah, complaining that's about it, and he's wearing, he's see, even but sleeping like it, in his it, jeans. It wasn't so. <laughs> even like a standard Mox gear. It was like a green. It was good and everything. It was like a green hoodie or something. It's not that kind of thing he normally necessarily wears when he wrestles. Uh, it's it's like his casual gear or whatever, which they do. They always come in in cities to do the save, you know. But uh, <laughs> like um. Just that little factor to me of me going, oh, Moxley's there. I didn't know Moxley was there. Fuck, you know? Like, well, it's a great take from you. And and the thing is, I didn't consciously think Moxley isn't there. But maybe on some level, subconsciously, I did. Do you know what I mean? Because I popped very hard when Mox showed up. Um, I thought it was it was good stuff. Uh, he, still get, he can still get a reaction out of me. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. 
and I really love to hate this new Kenny. Do you know what I mean? I, it's hard because Kenny Omega, the best in the world, he's fantastic. I'm still in you, love with him. I'll be honest. I love how much yeah, Dick he is. So, like, so is <laughs> but like, I'll just give you this advice: if you let yourself hate him, it's so good. It's such a ride. And he sold that. Um, I don't know what it's called in. I forgot what it's called in AEW. The double underhook DDT. It's called someone else in New Japan, but um, Paradigm sold Shift. that. He's, he paradigm shift, thank you. Not the Death Rider, as it's called in. I love that it's called two different things, by the way, <laughs> depending on where it is. But um, he saw that like he died. It was fantastic. Yeah, also adding to that, that uh, when Kenny's let loose, like when he's uh, this real dark and evil guy and everything. So actually, uh, my girlfriend watched uh, quite a lot of wrestling with me then, and now she did lose a little bit of interest in, interest in it, mostly because Kenny got a face because she liked him when he was heel when he was like this cleaner guy and she yeah. watched with me on njpw and she's He's in back. love with pack yeah and she's in love with pack but pack is not so much there so <laughs> she's also not watching but she said to me like is he back like this i'm like yeah he's real dirty she's, she's like okay i have to watch again so he's a creeper shout out to jenny correct yeah it's jenny exactly hi jenny so like uh, like the thing i was gonna say with mox as well is mox's first rivalry was with Jericho, right? So it's not with Jericho, it's with like yeah. five guys. Well, no, his first round was with Kenny. Um, I mean, oh, that's he true, did, actually. Yeah, yeah. He interrupted the. Uh, yeah, he put, he put, the he match put it into that then, table, didn't he? Yeah, so technically, his first his first scuffle was with Chris Jericho because he got in the ring and Jericho yeah. was like, what are you doing here? And uh, Which was great. It was a great line. Um, and then he, uh, you know, he hit him with the paradigm shift and then he went to hit it on, on Kenny, but Kenny yeah, reversed yeah. it and they bundled out of the ring and that was the him him daring the, not, to, not yeah. to get hit with his move was pretty much the, the catalyst for, for the rivalry. But like, uh, I, I guess like, I just remember the whole time when he pretended he joined the inner circle... He got stabbed in the eye, all that stuff. <laughs> the whole time, you didn't ever really go, oh, there's only one of Mox. You never really, you never yeah. really think that with someone like you. He's like, like, like Steve Austin. It was like, oh, well, DX has got all these guys. But yeah, you're like, yeah, Steve Austin's going to win. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, he it gets, Moxley he has that, and they sold it really well. And so, like, when he comes to save Phoenix from, like, four guys who hate him, you kind of really do think, yeah, well... That's good. Like, he is like Superman in that in that moment. You're like, oh, thank fuck, he's there. They've done that really, like specifically with Moxley. They've really sold this thing of it's like, oh, uh, he's the loner who can kill half of you. That is the end of our show. Well, the end of our Dynamite recap. We have a little bit left. I'm not leaving you hanging. Uh, next week's preview, we have. Well, next week is Beach Break. Beach Break Night One. Uh, we have Kip and Penelope Ford's wedding. We have Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. We have the Tag Team Battle Royal. And we have Kenny Omega, the Good Brothers versus John Moxley, Pac, and Ray Phoenix. And we also have just added the Lumberjack match between Eddie Kingston and Lance Archer. Thoughts on that card? And also, is Serena D versus Riho next week? Or is that the week after? I can't remember. That's next week as well. Okay, so add that on. Thoughts on that card, Patrick? Uh, I'm very excited about it, really. Really looking forward to it. Except the wedding, I'm not, not don't like that wedding. I think he will give his uh, his opinion on that because he likes the WWE weddings, uh, but I just don't like it. The Me segment, too. but you like it or you don't like it? I do. I love a good ah, wedding. No, I'm I just, wrestling. I a good wrestling. I don't like it's it. A, but it's a it's a 
Patrick, it's, it's a staple of our industry. It's, <laughs> of it's a tradition. <laughs> it's a tradition. I hate you can't break with tradition. <laughs> I just hate traditions. But also, let's see what they'll make out of it. Uh, it's also the... the uh, the the setup right now which is not cool with the whole mirror thing so i'm just hoping two bigger things happening one might be that orange uh, that yeah the the priest turns around and it's orange cassidy and or that mirror turns on kip in that position or so like something like, like this it's must too early happen. for him to turn yeah but something must happen you know like right now it's it's just really stuck in a direction where like no one cares like really no one cares what's happening there maybe mirror will turn on him can you imagine Miro just smashing? Yeah, I meant Miro will will turn on. Kip. Oh, I thought you said yeah, sorry. That's I what I meant. Said, I don't. Did you? You might have said Miro, and I might have just had a brain fart and heard you. <laughs> uh, he did. I think he did say Miro. I'll be honest. <laughs> oh, that was me. Just, <laughs> Thank you. There you go. Vindicated. Yeah, that's 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 my thoughts on that. I'm really looking forward to really all of the matches. Uh, 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 resting wise uh, especially on the Serena Deep versus Rio match and uh, also resting wise on the um, uh, Britt Baker versus uh, what was the name Thunder Rose again and storyline wise on the main event which are probably the main event of uh, of the evening with the uh, six man tag match for sure match you're looking forward to the most Patrick hmm six man tag I think just for the storyline, just for the storyline. I'm really looking forward to the the, the wrestling-related matches also, but mostly the storyline thing because I'm really interested now. What will Kenny maybe do? How will Kenny behave in that thing? And like I said also before, will there be like, will the Death Triangle back up John Moxley a little more? Will there be like a little, well, a little thing, very flirty thing happening with them? They're like, oh, maybe I'm just gonna stick with these guys a little bit. So interesting to see what happens. I love the crisscrossing of storylines for sure. Hugh, match you're looking forward to the most from next week's card? Uh, it's a bit of a hard choice for me. I, I kind of look forward to the tag team battle royal. Yeah. Um, good, good. I like they, tag they, team they're wrestling. Always they're always fun. I like, but at the same time, I do sometimes get a bit annoyed at like the battle royal concept sometimes. But I think this will be good. I think it, I can't think of anything bad. Uh, yeah, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker. That's probably going to be good. You know, mm-hmm. um, I can tell you which one I'm not looking forward to at all is this fucking wedding. <laughs> oh, you were Patrick. Just, uh, Patrick was under the impression you would you would be a fan because you're a fan of wrestling weddings. Am I? Well, you said you were. Yeah, you said <laughs> that to me yesterday. <laughs> Sometimes I cannot see when you're when you're talking irony or not. You're so British. I, I think I probably was being sarcastic. I'm not really a fan of wrestling weddings. I'm not. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Here I am. I've shown my hand that I am a fan of wrestling weddings. And yes, but no, like, like, I mean, it's it, to be fair, it's a pretty traditional part of the industry at this point. Who doesn't? But, um, Billy and Chuck. Uh, like and the homophobic yeah, crowd Elizabeth and, and Macho Man Elizabeth <laughs> okay, I mean, will you okay. marry me <laughs> I have been long open about the fact that I fucking hate Kip Sabian but to be fair I'm pretty sure I hate Kip Sabian for the reasons I'm men hate him you know yeah. he's doing his job right to be fair to Kip Sabian he is a good wrestler uh, he's got Miro with him he's got Penelope Ford the best friends and, and Orange Cassidy everyone loves Orange Cassidy uh, apart from Jim Cornette who doesn't count but uh, like, I think he even likes wrestling anymore. He's the Connor of the wrestling world. Connor's our friend. Like gen- Connor doesn't like wrestling anymore, but he still like gen- genuinely. I think it's a pretty good card, but that wrestling, the wrestling wedding, has to do a lot to win me over because I can be quite critical of it. So, but yeah, I, I think that tag team battle royal that that, win- that women's match, they're all looking like good matches. Oh yeah, and, and Moxley Pack and Phoenix that's, that versus uh, Kenny and the Good Brothers. That's going to be good. There's no way that's going to be bad. 
uh, unless someone gets injured early on or something. <laughs> like, Serena Deeb versus, so, yeah. versus Riho for me, I think. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I can't, like, none of them None of them are bad. None of them I look at and go, I'm not going to watch it, really. So that's cool. I'm excited you to know. see Riho return. I was, I'm, never, yeah. I'm never the biggest fan of the high-striking Joshi style, to be honest. Um, but I, I am excited to see her return, and I am excited to see what Serena Deeb can do with her, because Serena Deeb, we've said this before, we'll say it again, makes anyone look amazing. And that'll yeah. be a fantastic match. Um, and I, I think, you know, I haven't seen Riho for a while. I do like her, you know. Uh, I prefer Yuka Sakazawa. But. I know you do. <laughs> The magical then, girl. You know, uh, uh, we can't always get what we want. It's, it looks like it's going to be a good card. And, you know, e- even if it's not, chances are it'll be Jack here instead of me to complain about it. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Here's hoping. Joking. No, you've been great. Um, we, as always, I've forgotten to ask for our match of the night. Uh, so let's just rewind it. That's my best impression of a rewind sound. <laughs> Patrick's nodding. He's impressed. It's not as good as my match in Manrani yeah. Savage. Yeah, um, it was very good, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For, also from a DJ standpoint, you know, with the... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, match of the night, Patrick. Uh, for me, Jungle Boy versus Dex Harwood. Mm-hmm. My match of the night. There were a lot of really good matches. Uh, or not, not a lot. There were quite some good matches, which you can choose from match of the night, some not, but... This was for me because I'm also I'm a, I'm a big Jungle Boy fan now. Uh, I like the direction they're going with him. You can clearly see it now. He is having his own theme. They invested money in having the rights to play the play it on 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 air. Um, yeah, they're putting him in the right direction. That's something you saw at la- at la- least like in the latest when uh, he was having his match against Jericho. What he is up to, and now you saw it again in the match. That was just also a great job by Dex, like I said before. And that's my match of the night. I give it a six point five out of five stars. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Eight out of five stars. I want to make a new range. Hugh, your match of the night. Oh, uh, same match to be honest. Uh, ah. I feel, uh, sorry, I. I well, I'm gonna I've say it's, um, I, I love a bit. I love a bit of uh, dynamite. Um, but there are sometimes when I basically when Dynamite came along I was like I hope this is good enough to make me watch a weekly and it is which is good because I, I haven't watched any weekly shows for years until Dynamite uh, this Dynamite I thought eh, pretty decent like I, can't, I like most of the matches but uh, Jungle Boy I love him he's my Jungle Boy I love him and yeah and Dark Starwood great wrestler the, like it was a bit silly but the kind of idea of having Luchasaurus there to keep the other two in check was fun didn't even turn yeah. talk about them cutting the horns off did we that was a nice touch taking oh uh, yeah yeah and yeah they, they chain him up they cut his horns off they're trying to set up that Real. you know uh, but then you know I'd give an honourable mention to uh, oh what is it the uh, main event I, the uh, ladies match the, oh the, the ladies yeah no, really no the women's thank you deserves yeah. it so you know uh, if if you had to say, hey, have a different one to Patrick, I'd be the one I gave it. But I, mm. I don't have to have a different one to Patrick, and I have the same one as him. So. <laughs> the main event for me, the uh, the the, and I, I feel I feel hard done by. I mean, it I was a top class main event, like we just said. To be fair, you know, <laughs> based on uh, based on what I know Jack's taste in wrestling to be, I I would uh, I would have won it. If he wasn't here, you've come in, you've you've uh, you've rattled the cages of democracy here. You could you could put this to a lawyer's vote and point out that literally I said that the main event had no dead weight and no no downtime, yeah, and then I gave a different match as my favorite match. But I, still, I, 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 I'm, you you'll have to answer for your crimes in an appeal. Now, 
the uh, the group has spoken. Our match of the week was Dax Harwood versus Jungle Boy. Uh, now, just before we go, we come on to our segment uh, with our fantastic intro that we have none, and I just sing it, called <clears throat> Less Important Shows. Well, we talk about less important shows in the wrestling world. I think Patrick had something to say about something that happened on Raw or SmackDown. I can't remember that. Yeah. I, uh, I I hadn't heard about Patrick. Please tell me. Yeah, it was on Raw, and I only saw that from uh, Raw, uh, thanks to uh, the Squared Circle. Um, another huge botch from <laughs> Nia Jax. Like it's, oh, I'm, I'm not a picky Nia, guy on this. Nia. Just just uh, yeah, picking on that all the time. But it, it it was quite hard. You should watch it. Just I think you can also maybe find it on YouTube or so. Twenty second clip. Uh, she has uh, Dana Brooke up in uh, I think in in the in the powerbomb position and then goes from the powerbomb position to the choke slam position. I, I didn't know where this transition came from and tries to choke slam her, but didn't put the uh, weight on the right spot or just like yeah they didn't didn't uh, hold her like uh, when she does it with the right hand and left hand uh, then uh, behind in a, in her in her back or so just slammed her with her right hand uh, on her throat down to the ground and she really hit with the back of her head really hard the, the mat and it was definitely a concussion involved in there and it was not the first concussion i think she caused in the last 12 months so uh, that's something they should look out for more a little bit a bit funnily uh, Premier League today announced they have a, a concussion break on extra concussion substitutes so even uh, football is jumping on that train but WWE should watch out for their talent because this was not very good no um, it's irresponsible that she's still in a job I'm going to say just because of how long she's been bought. I mean like you know give them a chance in order to improve but they, she's an unsafe worker she has been for years um, you can't just criticize criticize Goldberg and WCW for continuing to put Goldberg in in things after I mean ending Bret Hart's career but you know doing a lot of damage to a lot of people ending a much more talented wrestler's career sorry I love <laughs> Bret Hart so yeah. um, and then and then give WWE a pass like she shouldn't be in a job like and and I'm not just negging on WWE here like it's a genuine concern because like you know I mean I'll, I'll criticize I'll criticize till the cows come home about stuff I didn't like on AEW, and I do. <laughs> so, but no, it's not. It's it's not right. It's bad. So w one more thing I'd like to mention before we end. I just finished before we started recording the unrestricted uh, AEW podcast with uh, Amanda Huber. Uh, yeah, I saw that. The widow now of uh, John Huber, like really big also for you guys, but also for everyone's listening. Uh, listen to that. That's really uh, heartbreaking, the story, because she tells everything like pretty much in detail, which is also gross at some point when she tells how they try to keep him alive in the end. So I, I cannot repeat that because I'm not good at the medical terms, especially in English. And uh, that's very, very, very interesting to hear. Um, yeah just no. No, give a listen to that don't listen to it when you're sad because it might make you cry so maybe something yeah if you're sad you should listen to the western bios podcast you know yeah, I think I we've think. plugged you enough no <laughs> it's at western bios cast on instagram the link's in the bio there you go oh sorry Another thing, NBC is closing its sports channel where like everything like hockey or so whatever is on and uh, USA is belonging also to NBC and now it looks like uh, NBC is putting all their sports content on the USA network yeah. and since there's Wednesday hockey like a big thing, they might move NXT but also on the other hand they might not move NXT because they don't want to lose uh, viewers to AW at the same point so they have a 
product that is in competition directly with Raw or no, no just Raw, not SmackDown. <laughs> That's out of competition there. Yeah. I've I, I've been seeing stuff about that and I didn't really know what was going on. So thank you for putting that. Yeah. Into- just keep it on the radar like, for I us. Know. Yeah, I, I've heard stuff about it. I haven't been keeping up, so that's cool. It has been very nice having you here, despite the yeah. um, incessant Despite play. the complete lack of professionalism. This has been W-A-N-K. I can't... I don't have a sign-off phrase yet. I need a sign-off phrase. I, I stole Kenny's. Should I just steal someone else's every week? Because I stole Kenny's goodbye and goodnight last, uh, last week. Yeah. I should... Uh, I should steal... Oh, we can do the Orange Cassidy. Just stop it from here. <laughs>